Hey everybody, how are ya? How the fuck are ya? Oh, I got in trouble last time I opened up with a curse word, so I guess I gotta keep the curse words down. Let's get this party rolling. This podcast is sponsored by Choke Aloha. Get your aloha out while you're choking people. Get 10% off when you use the promo code Jujitsu Radio at chokealoha.com. I actually just picked up a uh, Shaka tea, the Rasta Shaka tea, finally, along with some patches because I got to update the patch game on one of my geese. In case you haven't checked out Chocaloha yet, you're screwing up because they got some dope deals going on. Uh, they had some cool stuff for uh, Black Friday, and I know they are running out on certain items like the awesome uh, hoodie that they have out. So go ahead and. Uh, Check out Chocaloha.com. Use the promo code Jujitsu Radio when you're checking out. Get 10% off. This podcast is also sponsored by Jujitsu Soap Company. I got another order in the other day of the uh, of the collab soap they put together of the mango, which is fucking amazing. Get 10% off when you use the promo code JJ Radio. That's the letters JJ and Radio. Um for some new body washes they have uh liquid body washes now uh the punch drunk and uh jujitsu island which smells terrific um so go ahead and check out jujitsu soap company they're also running out of their shirts they're limited edition so go ahead and pick them up uh there's only a limited few left at jujitsu soap company so go check them out big shout out to uh to jujitsu soap for all the support and awesome new hat that i picked up Nice little trucker hat with a leather patch up front. Pretty dope. Been getting a lot of compliments on it. So thank you guys very much for that hat. And this podcast is also brought to you by Exo Audio. Step your audio game up and pick up some wireless sound buds. They are uh, noise-canceling, lightweight, and sweat-proof sound buds. You can just connect directly to your iPhone or Samsung if you rock a Samsung. Who, who uses a Samsung? Come on, man. It's 2017. Get with the times, homie. Um, these sound buds are awesome. I use them at every single workout. Um, the battery life is uh, a good few hours. Um, doesn't take that long to charge them up. The charging pod is actually the same carrying case that you carry them with. All you got to do is press the buttons and boom, you're connected and you have amazing audio. Uh, I usually listen to most of my podcasts through that as well the sound quality is amazing you'd be surprised what you get out of those little guys the bass is great that's one of my favorite parts the good part is too is that even though they're noise canceling it's you can still hear the outside world so if you're out there running you're not going to get run over unless you do something really dumb and make sure you pick up a uh, removable uh, battery pack that they have because that thing has saved my ass plenty of times like i said and uh, it connects right to your iphone it's great um, it's got 2,800 milliamps, I think, is uh, is the size of it. So you get a good charge or two out of it unless you're just destroying your phone and leaving it on nonstop. It's pretty thin. It's about, like, the size of a credit card. So you're not going to have to worry about walking around with a giant power pack in your pocket like some of uh, the other ones that I've seen out there. So go check out exoaudio.net. Use the promo code JJR10. Get 10% off your complete order. Now, with that being said, we're going to get this party rolling. I'm waiting for Sean to finish his lunch. He just hooked me up with some lunch, and we're going to get this bitch started because there's a lot of things that I want to fill you guys in on. You are listening to 
Jujitsu Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Alexis Tarosa, your host, and I'm here today with my homie, Sean Gorilla Boy Ambrosino. Que pasa, Kelbasa? I'm not just a pretty face. That's for sure. I'm an actual gorilla. Like, seriously. Seriously. They literally, just, they literally just pulled me out of the jungle. That's bad, though. You know that, like, gorillas have, like, the smallest penises. So. No, I saw that, and it's not, and they're not wrong. <laughs> well, then that, that kind of defeats the joke. <laughs> and they're not wrong. That's funny as shit, man. So, okay, before we get anything started, there's a couple of things I want to throw out there. Number one, I want to say shout out to uh, actually speaking of monkeys, monkey tape, monkey sports tape hooked me up. Uh, they don't sponsor this podcast, but they sent me a uh, care package with a couple of different rolls of tape. And I mean, you look at my hand, I actually have some on it now because I fucked up my finger the other day. But hands down, the best sports tape that I have ever used. And I pretty much tested every single one under the sun. I was using another one because it was uh, pretty close to what I wanted. But um, thanks to our good friend, Leah, over at uh, Chocoloha, she um, she forwarded me over to Monkey, uh, Monkey Tape and they sent me those rolls. And... I haven't looked back, man. I'm pretty much covered from head to toe with tape because I keep fucking up. So you guys want to check out some good tape. Big thanks to Monkey Tape for for the box that hook up. I gave one pair away actually to a friend of mine, uh, Druva. He needed some. So I hooked him up and he's loving it too. So big thank you to Monkey Tape. Now, off to the other stuff. Big things happening. Number one, my buddy, Justin. I don't think you ever met Justin. You, I think you might have. But him and his wife... Uh, Jill just had their baby yesterday, so big congratulations to them. They haven't picked a name yet. I uh, just like a dog. You don't give. You you should let the, their personality show before you pick a name. Did you just compare my friend's firstborn son to a dog? Any baby is the same as a dog. I don't think you should name the baby right away. I think, I think naming a baby is a little bit more nerve wracking than naming a dog. Mm, I don't know how many dogs have you had. A lot. Yeah, isn't it hard to come up with a name? No. Yeah, well, because you know their personality. That's that's my argument. So now what they Not need really. to do, they just need to call this kid baby until he starts showing a personality. My suggestion was Aquaman the Rock Sabatez, because the last name is Sabatez. But I was going to go with Aquaman the Rock. I think that would be a pretty good name. I don't think anybody would make fun of him. I think everybody would make fun of him. Not really. Yeah, no, they would. I like the new Aquaman looks pretty fucking dope. Yeah, Jason Momoa yeah, is gonna crush yeah, it. Aquaman th- is a useless like. <laughs> use, think about superhero from on paper. From, on paper. Oh, actually, actually, that's the whole thing. So a couple years ago, well, when I say a couple, I mean like twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> twenty years ago, DC and Marvel did uh, a crossover, Collab, right? Um, and Aquaman fought Submariner. How'd that work out? Aquaman won. There you go. See, he squished, he squished Submariner with a whale. See, there you go. He told the whale to jump on the Submariner. But what makes Aquaman strong? What people, you know, people are like, what is he? he can talk to fish, so he swims in water. Yes, but his body's adapted 
we're getting into comic books already. Right. His body is adapted to the depths of the ocean. So he can go deep. So he can go deep. So he has to be stronger and denser in order to do yeah, that. Yeah, and the ladies like it deep. So yeah. see, Aquaman, word up. No, Aquaman but he's still, he's still I'm still going to call fish. him Aquaman the Rock just to, to piss off his wife. Aqua, call him Aqua Socks. Right. Um, number two, like obviously congratulations to Justin and Jill and the whole family. Congratulations to you guys. Number two, um, this morning I get an email from uh, Fight Sports Magazine. You guys know, like Sean, you know, like I do a lot of fights, uh, fight photography. And um, I got an email a couple of months ago from Fight uh Fighters Only magazine saying that they wanted a couple of photos. They already had photos that they wanted, they said, but just to check it out. So he wanted to see what I had for him. So I sent him some stuff, and that was it. That was the last I heard of it. And then this morning, I get an email with the article. And if you guys check out my uh, my business Instagram, you'll see it. It's, it's amazing on so many levels. And for me, it's actually... Uh, not like I wouldn't say like a goal. I don't know what word you would say, but it's a milestone. A milestone, yeah, exactly. It would definitely be a milestone for me because it's it's not a full circle thing. But basically, they uh, they did this article on um, the UFC fighter Kamara Usman, who's who should be higher ranked than what he is. But uh, great article, excuse me. And they used photos from me. But they also used photos from who I consider a mentor and a good friend of mine, Ryan Loco, who's hands down one of the best fight photographers uh, and photographers in general in the world. Uh, he recently actually got um, he got credited as like one of the top like 30 photographers in the world to take photos with kind of thing. Um, so congratulations to him. But I, if anything, you know, I tell people... Um, I, everything that I have is because of jiu-jitsu. Uh, everything that I get to do nowadays is 100% because of jiu-jitsu. But uh, more so than that, everything that I've been able to do uh, is in part uh, thanks to uh, Ryan Loco. Because not only um, has he helped me out and, like, you know, given me tons and tons of advice, but he is someone I consider a mentor and... I look to on like a daily basis for just motivation to see how he does stuff and what he does and just, you know, again, like the advice that he gives me and it's constantly pushing me to, to get better and better and be more and more creative. So to see my photos next to him in an article in a magazine that's distributed worldwide is a big deal for me. So it's uh, it's been kind of like a, a crazy day. So it's pretty it's pretty nutty, man. It's uh, it's fun. It's fun, but it's also like extremely humbling to to see that. So, yeah, it's been a pretty crazy week for me. You know, I, I, it's cool when you finally. I can tell you this: when when I won the world championship, dropping dropping it. When I won the Dang. world championship, no, no, no. <clears throat> Pardon me. I not supposed to do that in the microphone. Yeah, but thanks. Guess what? Fuck you. <laughs> That's my name. Fuck you. <laughs> That's my name. Um, after I won the world championship, I was just, I was, I was, when I got in the car, I just looked out the window and didn't say a word. Right. And Tracy was like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm just, I didn't know how to feel. Like everything was processed. Like something awesome just happened and I didn't know how to like, I was just kind of feeling that moment, you know, I, I, I wasn't, I didn't want to talk about it. I was just like, it was like. 
I was spent. Yeah. And I didn't have any words to say. I didn't have anything to do. I was just like, let's take me to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. And that's what we did. <laughs> well, it's one of those things. Like, you work so hard towards something for so long, you know, and you're it, you put your nose down to the grindstone and you just you get so tunnel visioned out that when that moment that you were looking towards finally happens, you have no capability of really grasping it yeah it takes a while that's why a lot of people you know they go into shock but it does take some like you know you were there when i got my blue belt that was two years in the making hold on it's gonna make some noise like that was two years in the making so when that happened i had you know and everybody's journey is different we talk about it all the time but when that happened you were the only person there that saw it like i had no real ability to process it except the overwhelming just feeling of everything that i had to go through to get to that you know one of my favorite moments of that was of, uh, of this kind of feeling was when steep amy oh when he won when he won and he jumped like, out of, i'm a champ i'm the I'm world champ, champ. I'm, I'm the world champ that was such a pure yeah moment i loved it i loved it you know what's funny about that, that? made me a fan of him well see here's that's what's funny is i was a fan of his from day one and i can go back to my twitter because I was following him for a long time before that he got even close to having a title shot. And I, I went back and forth with him. I was like, Stipe Miocic is hands down one of like my, my favorite fighters from now on. He's going to be a champ, guaranteed. And I wrote that. It's on Twitter. You just go look for it. And then to see that happen, be like, called it. Called yeah. it, you know. And, and the crazy part is, is that, you know, a lot of people say that once you get to a certain level, you have to quit everything and, and focus on that. But he manages to... Be was it, he's a paramedic or a firefighter? Something like that. He's a paramedic. And then still be able to train to be a world champion, that's, that's work ethic, and it shows you how talented this guy is. But it go, you know what else it goes back to? It's how, yes, in, training is important, but what's more important, training or rest? And I don't mean rest as, like, you Being rest lazy, your body. yeah. <clears throat> I mean getting out of that world Sometimes it's good to be, yeah. You know, like I'm sure because with firefighters and and stuff, they get those Kelly days and their the way their schedules are. They can make it so like they can have a month off by taking yeah. like a couple days vacation, switching a couple things. So I'm sure the month before a fight, he probably hooks that up. For sure. But like, to me, there's something more to be said that of getting out, getting out of that life. You know what I'm saying? Just, no, just no, every, every, every other day, you're, yes, you could train every day, but, yeah. you know, one day it's all balls out. I'm, this is all I'm going to do. I'm going to be, you know, train like a world champion. And then the next day, I'm going to go save a couple lives. Yeah. I think it's, it's different things. Like, number one, for sure, it helps you get a, a refreshed mind because, again, like you're so focused on one goal and then you get engraved into certain ways of approaching stuff. You get into that routine. And when you get into a routine, I feel a lot of times you lose creativity and you lose the, the grand view of the whole thing. So to sit there and be able to, like, you fight, you train, you do, like, you know you're drilling techniques over and over again. And you have so much stress of, like, you have to stay the champ. But then you go and you're, like, you're literally holding somebody's lives, like, life in your hand. I think that takes away a lot of pressure on the fight. Yeah. Because, like... You're not going to be as worried. It's like, okay, I could lose a world championship compared to, okay, I could lose a life, and it's on me. The belt, you can always win back. Somebody's life, you can't. 
So uh, for me, I think it, it puts a, a completely dude, different dude, perspective. You said that wrong. Uh-huh. If anything, Bill and Ted's bogus journey taught us that you can beat death if you choose the right game. If you choose the right game and if you have a killer guitar solo. I was actually jamming out to that soundtrack the other day. To Steve Vai, because uh, Steve Vai did the soundtrack. Oh, he did the yeah, soundtrack? For that one. So, like, when you hear the, when the, like, God gave rock and roll, roll to, to you, you. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. does the whole, he actually does all the bad guitar parts to that. So, if you, like, oh, when they're, like, screwing up, and it's like, you, you can hear it sounds okay, and then they start eating shit. That's him. And if you look at the articles, like, when he talks about it, he's like, writing the bad parts was so difficult. And he said the same thing for that movie Crossroads he did. Um, oh, I remember that. The yeah. one about the blues. Yeah, with uh, the Karate Kid dude. Uh, what's his face? What the Ralph his Macchio? Yeah, Ralph yeah, Macchio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, he says, like, writing the parts that are, like, completely full of mistakes where it's all wrong is more difficult for him than writing, like, super accurate, clean, like, flowing parts. Well, I wouldn't even – I, I would think you wouldn't need to write it. I would just think you would have to – no. Fuck up. He will, like, it's, it's physically hard for him because of the way he is. He got it. Like, do you know anything about Steve Vai? I know he played guitar for Whitesnake. Right. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. Steve Vai got started, uh, I think, I want to say he went to Berkeley School of Music, but he got started uh, as the, uh, the transcript writer for Frank Zappa. So, like, first of all, he was a student of Joe Satriani. And, like, Joe Satriani, obviously, you know, is, like, a nut job fucking guitar player. One of my favorite. But he was a student of his. And from there, he went to go become a transcript writer for Frank Zappa. So, basically, what he would do is Frank Zappa would go and, like, play all this music, do all this stuff. And it was Steve Vai's job to literally write down note for note every single part that Frank Zappa played. So, and Frank Zappa was well, like during recordings or during concerts, like depending on what it is, but Why mostly would for he the need recordings. Because well, you make books and stuff like that. But like Frank Zappa was just a full on composer, but Steve Vai wrote the, the transcriptions for it. And Frank Zappa is notorious. He was the Stanley Kubrick of guitar playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was notorious for everything has to be exactly the way that he wants it to be. Frank Zappa. Yeah, Frank Zappa. And Steve Vai is pretty much the same. Obviously, he was like his student too. So, like. You hear him say that about writing on the stuff for Crossroads. He's like, because it's his hands. If you watch the movie, it's his hands playing it. So it's pretty funny to watch, like, Ralph Macchio fuck up. But He yeah. sold a soul to the devil in that movie, right? Or he it's, had to- a, it's a play. Yeah, he was playing the devil in that. But that's the whole story of Robert Johnson. Yeah. So it's kind of a play on that because Ralph Macchio wanted to fucking play blues, but he was studying uh, classical guitar. And he was, like, shunned for playing blues while he was training to be a classical guitarist. Blues is a magical music. It's, I think it's one of those styles, to me, that once you hear it, you can. F- it's one of those music styles that any culture or any, any kind of background, you can feel blues. It's, it, it is the basis of... Rock and um, roll. Well, rock and roll and a majority of the songwriting that you hear, like blues really comes evolved from African music. Um, there's a certain structure. There's a lot of different styles of blues. So it really comes. I'm talking like the traditional You're talking southern... about 12-bar blues. 
So even if you're talking about Delta, yeah. like blues or Mississippi blues, all the different styles from the different parts, it's it's based off of what's called a 12-bar blues. So it's the this is that progression you hear all the time. Think of um, don't 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 yeah. Um, what's Born to Be Wild or what's the other one that he did? Um, I'm trying to think of like a song that everybody would hear. Like LaGrange, ZZ Top, LaGrange. Oh, yeah. Like that's ZZ Top. Every single song is 12-bar blues. They'll throw in breaks, but every single song is 12-bar blues. It's exactly the same way. You don't break that mold. It fucking works. That's what they play. Stevie Ray Vaughan, 12-bar blues. Unless you get into songs like um, Lenny and things like that where he's kind of like freestyling. But that's all that is. It's super basic, but because you have that basic form, you can take off. You know? yeah, Same with it's, jazz. It's, it's weird how that formula works. Yeah. In so many different ways. Yeah. Like, how long has blue, blues been around? The the conventional the form conventional of blues, blues that has been like around the teens, the nineteen teens, maybe the early nineteen hundreds. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. early nineteen hundreds. Yeah. So that music style has lasted. And it's still yeah over a hundred years. Yeah. Now think we're, we're, I know we're talking about music on a jujitsu. Oh, whatever. It's, you know how it is. <laughs> well, I'm the one that went to school for music. Yeah. So, so but um, how many music? Think about the musical styles that have come and gone. Like punk is there. Oh, but there's it's so not many there. that you don't even know. There's you know, so many that you've never like, even heard of. Like things, things have just changed. Like musical styles have changed. Like, but blues still resonates whenever you hear it whenever you hear a good blues riff you know whenever you you know well, even you, even the what is it the the fabulous thunderbirds yeah even when it, you know yeah that's uh jimmy jimmy vaughn was is in that the, jimmy vaughn yeah stevie ray vaughn's brothers in yeah. the fabulous thunderbirds yeah but it's like that you can hear it and you know it immediately there's it's again it comes down to like the development of how music evolved when it comes to that it's like it's all african roots even jazz jazz like there is blues and jazz like um miles davis is blues like if you listen like a birth of the cool and stuff like that it's like it's all blues it's the same kind of format um it's like a a what is it a a b a c or something like that. i forget what it is but basically you have the melody the chorus and then like melody chorus solo you know so like it it has the structure now the actual there's the the best person i think to describe that is um fuck man i can't think of names for shit today uh bobby mcfarren oh yeah yeah he's he's a doctor right he's a he's a doctor he i don't know where he's teaching now but he used to teach at um he doesn't sing anything or he does sing but he will never do don't worry be happy is what I oh hear. he fucking hates that song he hates that song because artistically he's so much better. But if you listen to the song, you don't realize that's all him. There's no instruments. Right, that's all his. It's all his voice. It's all a cappella. He does a really cool demonstration on how where our brain is wired to automatically respond to the Eastern chromatic scale compared to, or I'm sorry, Western chromatic scale compared to like Eastern music, like. China, Japan, things like that. So what he does is, and this is, mind you, in a almost like a TED talk with neurosurgeons and and just brain doctors, like full on brain surgeons. And he just stands up in front of everybody, 
He's like, I'm going to give you two pitches. You got to sing the rest. But you have to go corresponding to where I'm physically standing on stage. So he stood in the middle of the stage. And he goes, repeat after me. He does the pitch. It's like, and then he takes like a little step to the right. And then he gives the second pitch. And then he goes back to the first. So you hear the crowd like, bah, 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 bah. and then he goes further and they automatically go up. Then he goes up further and you go up even more. Perfect tone, like to the tone, even granted, like you're tone deaf, you're going to match everybody else. And he basically jumps back and forth on a melody and he shows, he's like, that's it. It's because it's already engraved. This is how our brain waves respond to it. To the point where, like, the brain surgeons in the back. It's on YouTube. Check it out. Like, but you see, like, all the surgeons, like, uh, do you want a, do you want a degree? <laughs> like, because that just totally blows their mind. But our brains are, are responding to that. But it does come down to where you were raised and what your culture is. Well, it, so to get even a little bit deeper, mm. sound waves are what hold the universe together. Yeah, well, that's where you What's get... What hold, that's the theory of what holds atoms together is sound waves. Well, I wouldn't say sound sound waves as much as I would say frequency waves. Well, you know what, yeah. I know what you mean, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. just to be specific. But that's why like in, in Buddhist, like religious, Om, yeah. like when people say Om, that's, that is the... Like even the Om symbol, it's that's... sacred. Well, no, that's the frequency that they believe the universe puts out so when you say ohm that's the frequency of the universe ohm is the universal frequency like that that physical universe puts out that's what they use it in meditation and if you believe in god you know which Some i do, do but right whatever um if you believe in god that's kind of this is what's kind of trippy is when you yeah. it started with him speaking the right. word where the it's word, like the sound was the Sound was the first was the first thing. There wasn't. Well, it's the voice of God that created the the Big Bang, like the the creation. So everything is based off of sound and frequency. Here's what I'll tell you for for me, because I dedicated my whole life to music, and I've I put it out there, told a couple of people, but I, I always kept this mostly to myself, and it's one of the reasons why I was really drawn to capoeira when I first started like doing martial arts is. To me, music is life. And by saying music is life, people say, oh, music is life. I got to go to concerts. Like, no, for me, for myself, music is the epitome of life, is the actual creation of life. Because everything goes to a rhythm. Everything goes to a rhythm. Your heartbeat moves to a rhythm. Your car moves to a rhythm. Your computer, your watch, everything moves to a rhythm. It can speed up. It can slow down. It could be super fast. It could be super slow. But the second that rhythm stops, the music stops, you're dead. So the same way that when your body stops, your heart starts pumping, the, the energy stops flowing in your body, like that's when your life ends. So for me, that, that it, it's a scale up of overgeneralized words. It's the universe is a beat, which is a rhythm, which is music. So for me, that's why I say to me, music is life, which is why I sacrifice so much of my life and so many relationships to music, because that's what I expressed myself with. Yeah, I, I'm I'm what I one of my biggest regrets in life is not knowing how to play an instrument. But you said you wanted to start playing drums. I do. I want to start playing. So drums. start. I know. I well, I will I'll start a band with you. I, but I, I don't know if I want to play drums or piano. 
I took piano when I was a kid. I took, I was like, I took a year of, of lessons. Yeah. And, I, you know, but I learned how to read music. I don't remember, but I'm sure it won't take me long. I mean, I remember the, I remember the scales and I remember, you know, how, you know, right. each, but, um, and they also say that kids that know music are smarter. Like if you take a kid that does like, like if you could teach a kid an instrument when they're younger and they can read music, not just play music, but read music, they're actually smarter for it. That I know what you mean. It used to be that, um, but then again, mostly it's mostly Asian kids that used to right. play violin or whatever. Well, no, like what you're saying is what it used to be like, I want to say in the eighties, like eighties and nineties, like they made a push of saying that kids that were doing music were automatically better at math. So that was like the big thing it turned out to be bullshit. It was just like a PR scheme that people were trying to use to make sure that music stayed in school, that the arts stayed in school. It's like, Oh, they're more, the, the real explanation is for the way that I see it is that if you pick up music at an earlier age, I think you have a, you are emotionally smarter because you learn how to, express yourself in some form or facet because there's there's a lot of people like for me i might have difficulty emotionally explaining myself like through words but i could do it through music no problem and there's tons of kids there's tons of people you see that like a kid might be even they might be autistic or something they can't talk properly they might they can't express themselves properly but you give them a guitar and they'll play songs that'll make you cry right you know or they'll make you happy or whatever it is so Yes, in a way, you're right, but not in a textbook way. No, 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 not in a textbook yeah. way. I'm thinking my, my version is because I think there's something to do with when you're able to read music, it gives you a spatial recognition right? for what. So if this, this note is here, then the next note should be here. It gives you, I think it forms the logical part of your brain better than again it comes down to to what our brains are wired to respond to that's why you get um you know composers like uh was it um was it mozart mozart or beethoven that was like amazing when they were like a kid um because they could write stuff he would literally go on and improvise on the spot and he would create create entire like sonatas and like com like uh compositions I think it was beethoven right he was the deaf one right I want to say yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he he became deaf. Right. But again, he would sit there and put his like when he got older. He was older. one of the original Bill and Ted's. Yeah. So that's how he he yeah. was the one that was a prodigy. Yeah. He would um, yeah he would literally like his his father would drill him. They would like they sent him off to uh to what you call like a conservatory kind of thing, and they would drill him into writing pieces. And he was writing pieces when he was a kid. But he would literally just sit down and be like, oh good done like. And it would be the greatest song you ever fucking heard because it was so engraved. And classical music is a whole different animal. It's a whole different animal, man. Like Beethoven's got one of my favorite disses of all time. Oh, from Bill and Ted? No, 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 no. Like in real life. Why? I'm pretty sure it was Beethoven. I could be misquoting. Uh, but I heard a story about how Beethoven, one of his contemporaries, uh, like tried to write uh, a piece and said it's his greatest piece ever or whatever. And gave it to Beethoven took it at mm. a party and flipped it upside down and played it and it sounded 
I don't, I don't remember. No, it. I, I think, I want to say it was Mozart because it was in the movie Amadeus. There was like a really famous composer. He was like playing something and he was like, oh, that sounds good, but I think it, this is what you're trying to play. And he made something completely better and just completely ridiculed the guy. I, that's the story that I remember. I, I think one, you're at. I'll have to look it up and... and yeah. Unfortunately, for the people who are listening to the podcast, you'll have to look it up too because hey, look, I don't man, know. Class, you, <laughs> classical music is a whole different world, with, like all together, because you get into like or, the original like rock stars, like Paganini. Paganini was the original rock star. He didn't give a fuck. That man was out to play violin and fuck. <laughs> like that's it. Like just go and like look up his story. He. 100%. There was a movie they made about him, too. It's really kind of shittily made, but it's cool to see the story. He was a full-on rock star. He's like, when he was playing, it was so fast. Like, dude, he was like the, the original Shredder. Like the original Jerry Lee Lewis? Dude, no, not even. He was like the original Eddie Van Halen. Because he started playing, people like, he, he would tap. I'm pretty sure he would tap and do all this other stuff. People like, the fuck is this guy doing? On guitar? No, 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 violin. Not violin. Like, and even Van Halen technically is a ripoff, but that's a whole different story. But yeah, dude, go like people don't give like classical music enough credit because it's like, oh, that was well. That's what you trained is classical no, guitar. I know? studied uh, jazz guitar. Jazz guitar. Yeah, I, I mean, I would love to sit there, go back, and play classical guitar, but it's so stuffy and it's so just proper. You know, um, I, for year, well, I guess is for years I hated jazz. Could oh, not, I was the same way. Could not stand jazz. Yeah. Still, up until I was forty. Two forty-three. Yeah, couldn't stand. I, I like. I hate Spirogyra. Oh, that's not I hate jazz. All though. that kind of stuff. That's but not. what changed my thinking on jazz uh. was um, <sighs> Coltrane. No, 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 no. Um, the movie about the drumming and the um, the kid's a drummer for. A, oh, that one movie we're talking about. Uh, something, something back. What the hell is that? That called? thing you do. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's got... Uh, the one that was viral with, like, the teacher, like, being super be, strict. Yes. Yeah, I know what you're dude. talking about. I still haven't watched that. Dude, We it were is, talking about it. I love that movie. And yeah. it's, it's, it, won a, it won... What's his name? The, the guy that played the teacher. Yeah. Um, can't remember his name either because we're off the top of He's my head. in Law and Order, I think, at some point. Well, he was, he was also J. Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man movies, and he's been everything. But yeah. Simmons, something Simmons. J.K. Simmons. Won him an Oscar for yeah. Best Supporting Actor. Oh, no, he's a great actor. But, um, dude, this, it, but the music, it was the music. Yeah. How it just, it, it was, it was, the, just the final scene was incredible. I still got to watch that movie. Have you, yeah, you honestly, I haven't watched it. It, it, and it's critically acclaimed. Yeah. And it's not just my stupid ass saying, hey, go watch this cool movie. Yeah. But, um, you know what movie was really good, and they did like a really good job, like to the level of like the Ray Charles movie, was Andre Three Thousand doing Jimi Hendrix. The Jimi. Yeah, Hendrix I saw p- bits and pieces of it. That was really good. I saw bits and pieces of that one day. He was like in a bar. Yeah, he did like a the whole movie. Okay, I'll take this back. The movie isn't amazing, but his representation of Jimi Hendrix was so like spot on it's crazy and he's not a bad actor he was in uh, Get Shorty yeah he's great he was like Get Shorty you could tell he was trying to get some like acting chops but he did good but he did good yeah he was the nephew or whatever he's like doing the fake laugh for like a minute when they're making fun of uh, Travolta (laughs) Um, another good movie 
is um, Don Cheadle playing Miles Davis. I never saw that. Watch that movie. Look, Miles Davis is hands down one of my favorite musicians of all time. He was the king of I don't give a fuck. He did not give a fuck. When I tell you he doesn't give a fuck, he does not give a fuck. Right? This guy was so good from the beginning that he would go when he would play shows. He would cover his hand up with a napkin so other like musicians couldn't see what he was doing because they would try and bite his style from like day one. People would try and bite his style from day one, so he would cover his hand. And then the story that I, that I heard through the grapevine, this was one of my teachers, he went to his house. Um, this was like towards the end of like Miles Davis or whatever. He went to his house like in New York. And he walked in and he said like he just had like a plate at the front door of just joints. Like there was just like, like people have candy jars. He had that with like weed just all over his house. So he was like sitting there grabbing joints or having talks. He's like, yeah, he was super cool. And then I commented on his painting. There was like a painting or whatever that he had made or whatever that was up on the wall. He's like, oh man, the painting's great. He's like, you like it? I made it. He's like, you can have it, take it. So the guy's like, oh, okay. So whatever their meeting was about, they hung out. He went, got a cab, he's holding this painting. He sits down like in the cab with the painting. And right before he takes off, Miles Davis yanks the painting out of this fucking cab and he takes off. It's like, give me back my fucking painting, piece of shit. Um, who's, who's the famous drummer? Which one? Uh, jazz drummer. Uh, there's a couple. I mean, there's Chick Webb. Nope. That's not the name. Um, fuck. This guy supposedly threw a cymbal at Miles Davis's head. Oh, man. Um, fuck. I'm trying to think. Yeah, look it up. I can't think off the top of my head. Yeah, it's definitely not Webb. Um, it's an. It's a. Fuck, man. Buddy Rich. Buddy Rich. Yeah, yeah, that's Buddy that's Rich. It. He's fucking amazing. If you actually, if you want to, like, speaking of drummers, look up Chick Webb. I do is fucking nuts, man. But yeah, Buddy Rich is a fucking amazing drummer. Welcome to Jiu-Jitsu Radio. Hey. <laughs> um. Yeah, what you got? What are you looking them up? Well, no, I'm just I'm looking. I'm going down the line. These are the the. So I'm gonna give you the top ten. So in order on oh, Google. according to Google, okay. right? Here's who they have. Number one, but this is just famous drummers. It's not the best drummers. Yeah. Famous drummers. Number one, Ringo Starr. Fuck that. Number two, Buddy Rich. Yep. Number three, John Bonham. Oh, God, yeah. For sure. Yeah, everyone says he played like a... He, he was like the God of Thunder. Yeah, no. Like the he, original God of Thunder was if John If you Bonham. listen to... Damn, what's the... Like, he hit a so hard. Was it Moby harder. Dick? Like, Moby Dick, he's just fucking... There's no one... Else. Even... Look, I, I worked with his son. And like, yeah. even he can come nowhere near John Bonham. Number four, Neil Peart. Oh, God, yeah. Number five, Dave Grohl. Eh, he's a good drummer. Number six, Travis Barker. He's got a good punk style. He's a good drummer. He does play some jazz, too, though. Number seven, Keith Moon. Yeah, he was the legit king of fucking crazy. Number eight, Stuart Copeland. From yes, the yeah. Number nine, Phil Collins. Eh, he's, just got, he's literally got one fill to his credit. And number ten, Chad Smith. So no, come on. That's that's Chad. Chad is a great drummer. Don't get me wrong, but, but that's just the top ten. That's who. That's who they don't even up. have. Well, what's his face? Nico. 
They don't have Animal from fucking um, Dream Theater. No, Dream Theater. <laughs> the Muppets. Yeah, the Muppets. Lars too. Ulrich. And, no. I mean, it, keep, it keeps going. Look, I'm Tommy a, Lee, Met- Steve Gadd. Metallica is my band, and I can't put Lars Ulrich in that. They have Sheila E. on here. But um, funny thing about since we're Steve, uh, Stuart Copeland and the police uh-huh. is um, so Rockstar, Nintendo, or, or yeah. playing Rockstar. The, dude, trying to play a police song is so hard to play because they always have that off. The offbeat. That offbeat. You're just white. It's not no, hard. No, You're just white, dude. No, no. You it, can't do reggae. Well, that that's but but they did an extra offbeat. Like if you listen to um Roxanne, right. Listen to the the drums in the beginning. It's like a it's like it's it's a really offbeat. That's because the album the the the, the track you hear is sped up. So it's not the exact uh, speed of what they played it at, so it throws you off. That's why. Same thing with uh, the Doors. Uh, I want to say L.A. Woman, like that whole album is sped up because they couldn't fit it onto vinyl. So like, well, you got to put it on a vinyl. So they sped up the entire album. Oh, get out of town. Yeah, you didn't know that shit. No. Yeah, I'm telling you, bro. I go deep on this shit. Like, there's tons of stuff like that that you don't know about. Like, so they when they re-released it a few years ago, they went to like to regular speed and people are like well, this and they fucked up on the mastery on this oh like when you had you had a limited space so like la well, i could just, la woman yeah think of um think of um strawberry fields like the beatles that's all sped up that's them playing with the tape so they that's why you notice the beginning is faster than the end like it's like the tape changing speed it's all that. Even Jimi Hendrix on uh, "Are You Experienced?" That's the way he figured that out. Like they were listening to the to the record, it was on tape behind him, and he was leaning back, and then he started pressing on the tape, and it started making a weird effect. He's like, "What the fuck was that?" And then he's like, he turns around and like he realized he was pressing on the tape and slowing it down. And he did it. So he's like, "Oh, we gotta fucking get that again." So he did it just by re-recording like while messing with the tape. Um. Consensus number best album of all time, not yours. What's the general public? The consensus? best album of all time. Yes. Are we going by genre? No, just overall. Um, I would give me three top like they're they're number ones like, but I have to give like three albums. Okay, yeah, but I'm I'm talking the general public, John Q. Public. What is consensus? Dark Side of the Moon. Nope. No, I'm telling you, Dark Side of the Moon. No, I understand that's your take, but the general public. So, if you tell me the number one best-selling album, not selling, it was just the number one album of all time, uh, just just by popularity and all that stuff. Right. So I knew immediately because this was this was a question that was on Jeopardy uh, a couple months ago. I was watching it with my grandmother, and we were going over Jeopardy, and I and I went with the uh, so. Generally considered the best album of all time, this nineteen sixty whatever release, and I immediately Pet sounds. Nope. Oh. I immediately went Beatles. No. Well, You're it was gonna... Beatles. What the but white album? The... Nope, it wasn't Abbey the white Road. album. Nope, it wasn't Abbey Road. What? The consensus top album of all time is Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Band. Oh yeah, 
I, I would disagree, though, because hands down, by record, Billboard longest standing selling album is Pink Floyd Dark Side of the Moon, even more than Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club. Well, I, I would think the White Album has more hits than, than no. Sgt. Pepper's. You got to understand the, the historical meaning of Sgt. Pepper's, though. Like, it's a that that album literally was the the transition of the old Beatles into the new Beatles. And it like druggy Beatles from the straight Beatles to the right, druggy Beatles. Well, like you got to understand, like the Beatles are so huge because they meant so much to so many people and they defined an entire lifetime of a generation of people. And they transitioned at the exact same time as everybody else, but by force. So when you get like Revolver, I'm surprised Revolver doesn't beat out Sgt. Pepper's. But the, I mean, if you listen to the Beatles, every single album is fucking amazing. See, I, I couldn't stand the Beatles up until a couple years ago. If you listen, I'm a Rolling Stones guy. I, again, I don't get me wrong. I was the same way. Like until I sat down. Like if you sit down and artistically just open-minded listen to the albums once and then from my aspect listen to it again analytically as like a songwriter it's absolutely insanely brilliant and none of them knew how to write music no that's not true or only Paul McCartney can't read music they, one they, of them doesn't I'm pretty sure it was Paul McCartney he uh, cannot I wouldn't read be surprised. music but I, it was it was a consistent battle between John Lennon and Paul McCartney and they were constantly fighting and that's why they're so good because they were constantly fighting to become the better songwriter it, it's like the whole like the whole um story and how they became together it's such a weird like one of those universal just pieces that fit the puzzle so perfectly song, what would it be um i'm torn between three what my three are um revolution uh-huh but not the slow version right the fast version. Uh-huh. Um, Eleanor Rigby. I love that song. Yeah. And um, Hey Jude. No, they're great songs. Those are my three top. All I need is one. If you gave me one Beatles song that I that I couldn't listen to any other Beatles song ever again across the universe. Across, yeah, that was gonna. That was my across, fourth, that's my alternate yeah. is across the universe. Across the universe has like so much just like spiritual meaning to me as far as the words and stuff. Even though you're just talking about a giant acid trip, but that song is fucking amazing. Um, it's it's really almost like a a full on definition of how I perceive things. But yeah, those are all great songs. Hey Jude is great, and when you realize it, it's literally only three verses repeated a yeah. billion fucking times. But it's just the opening. Yeah. Hey Jude. Yeah. Um, Help is such a great song. Yep. Um, I get by with a little help from my friends. Mm-hmm. Like I'm telling you, man, they have like you know how they like they like built their their style and stuff, right? They fucking worked for like a year every night playing songs in like a strip club in Germany. That's how they like developed their like style. I did listen. I did. I did read up on the um, how you know how they got rid of the first drummer. Oh, the guy that was only either the the first drummer or the transition drummer. No, the first drummer. The oh. guy that was like with them in the beginning for. Yeah. Up until they recorded their first album. Yeah. 
and I think he recorded the album. I'm, I don't know. I but they remember. fired him. And the re- one of the reasons I heard they fired him uh-huh. was because he was the one getting all of the press. Because they were kind of all goofy looking, and he was like the only halfway decent looking guy. Right. I'm like, that, that would yeah. suck. No, what sucks is the guy that was the transition drummer. You know his story. No. There's a famous photo of this fucking guy. I feel so bad for him. But between the like the two drummers, they had this one guy who's he was a great drummer, but they flew him in. I think I want to say he only did like 13 shows or something like that, or he was he was with them literally for only like a week. So there's a photo of him like by himself in an empty fucking like airport, just waiting for his flight to go back home because he was oh. in the Beatles just for that little bit of time, and I think it was like. It had to be either right before they blew up or, like, in the midst of the beginning of blowing up. But can you imagine, like, you were just part of the Beatles and then it's fucking gone? Okay, if you go back to the 70s and be a part of one band. 70s? I always fuck up on when it comes to dates, uh, like, as what generation or what bands. Um, like, the heyday, the beginning of the real rock and roll movement even though it started in the 60s yes i get that but like let me see like because i want to be accurate on on the time frame let me look up 70s bands because i always fuck up between 70s 80s and 60s even though they started in the 60s they Uh, they got so like you have led zeppelin yeah um aerosmith um uh, pink floyd was the band yeah i guess pink floyd was 70s more than 60s Most of these guys... Well, I figured you'd say the Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones, yeah. I mean, look, here's a list. You got Led Zeppelin, The Beatles, Rolling Stones, Leonard Skinner, Pink Floyd, The Who, Fleetwood Mac, Aerosmith, ACDC, Black Sabbath, Deep Purple, Ramones, Bee Gees. I would would rock the Bee Gees. Uh, No, I'd be a pretty dope fourth (laughs) Bee Gees. Eagles, Sex Pistols. Fucking hate the Eagles, man. ZZ Top. Almond Brothers, The Clash, Doobie Brothers, Grateful Dead, Blue Oyster Cult, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Okay, here's my answer to you. 100% Queen. 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 That's a great, that's a great answer. I would say Queen. Like, Mine's between two. Uh, Mine would be between Led Zeppelin. Uh-huh. Because the whole, you know. It's so difficult, man. Yeah, but the other one, Kiss. Uh, yeah. Because that's imagine, what I'm saying. Imagine being a member of KISS. Well, there's a lot of people that were. Well, yeah. <laughs> fucking Peter Chris going in and out. But, man, like, there's if you, if you knew even, like, a remote portion of small stories of everything that happened to each and every one of these bands, like, it would just blow your fucking mind. Like, you would want to be part of all of them. Because yeah. can you imagine being part of Led Zeppelin when they go to that fucking hotel on the water and they're making some lady bang a shark? <laughs> and they're riding motorcycles in the hallways. Yeah, that's pretty fucking rock and roll to me, man. I'd be that, down that, for that. That's like yeah. or Rolling Stones, where you're just pretty much doing whatever you want. Uh, Leonard Skinner, where you're running around like minus the plane crash. Okay, let's put together. Let's put together one ultimate band. An ultimate band. Oh, ultimate I'd, band. I'd crush of, it. Like out of everybody, right? Out of all the bands and singers and everybody. Okay, but you gotta, you have to narrow it down. Do you want like a classic rock, like a full-on rock band, like '70s style rock band? Build, it, build your band around the singer. 
Well, again, that's totally different, man, because I could have like 20 different bands okay, like I'll that. Give you, I'm going to give you my two favorite singers of all time. Okay. One's a rock and roll singer. Okay. The other one's just my favorite singer of all time. Okay. So, favorite singer of all time. Uh -huh. Otis Redding. Okay. Build a band around Otis Redding and his style. That 60s soul. And think about what... It would be Otis Redding uh, singing... It would be um, Bootsy Collins on bass. Ooh. It would be um, Jimi Hendrix on guitar. And the reason why I say that is because Jimi Hendrix was actually James Brown's guitar player. You don't know that? Did not know that. Um, and I would say the drummer... Um, That'd be tough, man, because there was a lot of good drummers back then, but I can't remember their names right now. Well, it doesn't have that. to be back then. It can be of all time. Um, I would say... Fuck, I can't think of like names off the top of my head for drummers. Because it's just a fucking the band, drummer. band that they were in. Even then, like I have like 20 different names off the top of my head. See, um, honestly, with the, with the technic technicality that you, of, the, of the, the other band members... Uh, I would probably throw in Neil Pert. No. No? Uh -uh. You don't Neil, think he could do... I don't think Neil could do... You know who could do that style? Uh, Ringo Starr. No. Very basic. No, because it's funk, man. It's funk and R&B. You can't... You have to have a laid-back dude. Oh, fucking hands down. Questlove. 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 There you you go. throw Questlove in there. I Look... Imaginary band, I just sold a million albums just with that. Guaranteed. I just sold <laughs> yeah. a million albums. You'd be like... Fuck, this band is fucking amazing. Quest Love, hands down. Quest, yeah, that would, that'd, be a, that'd be a good mix. There's not a fucking person in the world that'd tell would me that put, band. Would you put a piano no. guy in that? If I put a piano guy, it would have to be... Um, fuck, who would I put? Somebody with a keytar. Jelly Roll Morton. That's an old fucking... Like, and I would do it just because he was a fucking perv. And he would sit there and just play the shit out of it. Or actually, no, you know what? Ray Charles. Ray, Ray Charles, Charles Stevie Wonder oh. was that? Tell me that's not that a fucking dope-ass band. That's a badass band right there. Like, hands down. Like, I, I guarantee you if Questlove heard that list, he'd probably cry because he knew it would never happen. All right. That's my favorite singer of all time. That's a real solid band. Okay. See if you can beat it. Okay. Axl Rose is your singer. Like... Prime time Axl Rose. Prime, this, these are all there. But that's tough, man, because like you can't have Axl without Slash. I know, isn't that weird? You can't. You can't you, it doesn't well, make it's sense. the same way you can't have like Steven Tyler without Joe Perry. It just doesn't work. It is what it is. And you have, uh, what's his face, uh, Mick Jagger with Keith. You know, you have to have that. And people don't understand like that is such a tight bond. Like you need to have that. Because well, you, you could still have Slash as the guitarist. Yeah, but if we're going to fuck around, let's fuck around. All right, let's say Axl Rose is a singer. I would put him with... You well, know who could fit that? Guitar player? Guitar player? Uh, Mick Mars. Yeah, it wouldn't be bad. It wouldn't be bad. I think you could do better. You could do better. I'd probably do better, but... I would say... Oh... How about Axl Rose with Dimebag Daryl? 
on guitar. Uh, okay. Like, see, you're you're thinking classic rock, rock. I'm thinking like metal. Because you couldn't have. Actually, no, no, I'm not. No, no. You know it would be good if you did Axl Rose with Randy Rhodes. That'd be kind of cool. It would definitely play along with the orchestrated aspect. Well, of it. I would also see. I could also see Axl with yeah. Zach Wild. Or are they yeah. too? Is that too big? Of, it's too similar. I think to Slash. To Slash. I, you think Zach Wild is too similar to? Slash? I think. I think. Uh, Zach Wild is slash on amphetamines. I think Zach was. Would you? Who was? For, no, I think. What? I was trying to think who came out first, but I slash slash because Zach Wild came out way after. Not that too far after. Not yeah. he, No, because he was on that first or not the first, but Ozzy's comeback album. Yeah, he was yeah. the guitarist for that. That was in the eighties. Yeah, like late eighties. I think it's like eighty eight, eighty nine. Yeah, and, and, and Appetite for Destruction was eighty six. Yeah. You're, and you're talking about, like, he wasn't the Zach Wilde that you see now. You know? It wasn't much different. Yeah. Uh, look, like, I, if you listen to that guitar riff on um, the light in the window is a crack in the sky. Oh. Yeah. That's. Oh, fuck. No more tears. Yeah, no more tears. Yeah, that was the the single that came back. I want to say it was like on the Osman Cometh or something. So it's the one with the gold cross. Yeah, the Osman Cometh. The Osman Cometh. Yeah, that's like which kind of sucks because that was a compilation almost album. Um, I what, the song that got me into Ozzy. Like I wouldn't touch when I was a kid. I wouldn't touch any heavy metal because I I was always afraid that it was the devil's music. Yeah. So I wouldn't touch heavy metal. But when I was like twelve or thirteen, somebody gave me. Uh, Bark at the Moon. Oh, that's a great album. And that, but that the, the, Bark at the, the Moon. moon. <laughs> and like Randy Rhodes is cra- is a fucking amazing guitar player, man. And everybody thought he was a woman when he came into the studio. He looked like a woman. Well, yeah, and everybody and thought he was it tiny. Was. He's tiny. He was like five foot. It's a shitty way to die, too, man. Well, think about all the. Th- that's how Otis Redding died. Otis Redding died in a plane crash. Yeah, it's different though how he died. Otis Redding died in a plane crash. Like, Randy Rhodes crashed a plane into Ozzy's tour bus. <laughs> There's a difference. Yeah. Okay, so I don't think Axel is a good example just because Guns N' Roses is such a great band. It is hard to replace it's the people in Guns N' Roses. The only, like, yeah. Like but Axel is such a great front man. Axel is great, man. All right, I, we'll, we'll, we'll switch him out for... Um, Led Zeppelin. Uh for Led Zeppelin. What's his name? The singer? Singer. Um, yeah. Fuck. Exactly. I got Jimmy Page. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is it Robert Townsend? No, that's no. the guitarist for The Who. Yeah. No. Oh, my God. Holy believe. cow. Fuck, we suck. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. What is this fucking Holy name? shit. We can't remember. We can't remember. Uh, what is it? Robert Plant. Robert Plant. See, it was Holy close. Holy shit. I said Robert. Holy shit. Yeah, so Robert Plant. Um, Robert Plant in his fucking heyday, like, top of the top. Yes. Do you, do you, can you separate him from Jimmy Page? Yes, I think so. Because as much as I love Jimmy Page, Jimmy Page did rip off a lot of music. So I would say you had, like, see, the thing is, 
Is could, that, could could you put Tommy Iommi with Led Zeppelin with Robert Plant? No, because no, no, you don't it think just, it would fit. It, it just wouldn't work because Tony was so dark compared to Robert. Was he dark? Like, it was just it, <clears throat> he had to detune. He had to detune because he, his fingers he, weren't strong yeah. enough. Well, it, yeah, well, like they were like a quarter of an inch shorter. He lost his fingertips. I would say if you put like Robert Townsend would be great with Slash. I think that's because is it Robert? Is it Town? Is it Robert? Townsend? I keep saying Townsend. Robert Plant. Robert Plant with, with Slash. Slash. Uh, fuck, man, it's hard to sit there and say. Actually, okay, so do that. I would take Plant with Slash, Neil Pert, and on bass, I would put. Uh, fuck! You can't put you can't put uh, Les Claypool. Could you put be- Getty Lee? No. Why not? Because of Neil Pert. Yeah, Getty Lee is a pretty good bassist. He's a pretty good bass player, but I don't think he's he's not to the. You know what though? What's his face? Lemmy. No, I don't. You can't think put so. Lemmy with them. No. Why? Can't. He's he's too he's too much, man. Lemmy Lemmy is a front man. He's not a bass player. He's a front man. Yeah, he didn't he's... play bass. He played rhythm, bass guitar. Like he played rhythm guitar. Let's do you just know? Do you know they, that the uh, the the guy that managed the Sex Pistols asked him to teach Sid Vicious how to play bass? Nah, yeah, that would have been bad. He tried. He, he's like, I couldn't teach this guy anything. He he didn't do it. Junkies teaching junkies. That wouldn't happen. No way, man. Um, fuck, man. Who would I put on that? I know there's probably people listening to this podcast right now. Like, you fucking dummy. You should put him on base. <laughs> um, fuck. You know what, man? It's it's tough because there's not too, too many crazy, amazing. Oh, how about Victor Wooten? That'd be kind of cool. There's, Well, think about we got Flea. Actually, you know what? Yeah, I'd put Flea. Fuck it. I'd put Flea. Totally forgot about Flea. You put Slash Flea. Robert Plant and Neil Pert, you'd have a fucking band. That's a solid band. You'd have a band. I'll give you one. I'd I'll, like to see that creative process. I think that imagine I think the be crea- pretty good. I think the creative process with with the only person that would get frustrated is Neil Pert. That's the only person that would get frustrated because he's so clean and sober. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Well, is he? Yeah. Oh yeah. They smoke weed. That's about it. Um, but he died. Or somebody died in his family, like in a car accident. I think it was his sister or something. He went through a full-on depression. I think he was like suicidal. Neil Pert. Yeah, yeah. You got to watch the watch the whole like story on on Rush. I, bro, that I get into these like these holes sometimes where I do so much deep research on certain bands, and I always hated Rush. I always hated oh, Rush. Rush has been one of my favorites hated. for so I, long. Full on. I did not like Rush until. Trailer Park Boys. Until they 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 yeah. kidnapped Alex Leifson. Yeah. Until that episode, I did not like Rush. Did you know Bubbles really plays guitar? Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, he's a great guitar player. He had a band. Yeah. Um, I'll give you one. I'll give you a singer. I'm trying to see like who who you could. Act. Fuck that. I'm just thinking. All right, that's something different. All right, I'll do that one next. Give me a band. That would fit his style, but sound nowhere like the band he was in. Okay. Freddie Mercury. Holy shit. Okay, Freddie Mercury. 
Okay. Which, total side note, that Freddie Mercury movie that's going to come out is, is, looks pretty fucking good. Because it, it was going to be um, Sasha Cohen, Sa, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, and they got rid of him and are using uh, the guy from Mr. Robot. Oh, yeah. And, like, if you look at the photos, he looks dead fucking on. So right off the right off the bat, uh-huh. on piano. Why are you gonna have fucking piano? Freddie Mercury plays piano. Because okay, this is this is. I'm th- sorry. Go ahead. This follow me on this one. Okay, Brian Wilson. On piano. On piano, but also the main musical, the main music writer behind the band, right. <clears throat> So there we have piano. Drums. I'm going to go with Phil Collins. I, th- I honestly thought you were going to throw Keith Moon. But okay. No, no. Phil Collins. Because I, I wanted to sound different. Right. And I think Keith Moon is too much. Is too rocky. Yeah. Even Keith though Moon. Genesis was a rock band. But it's like. Um, I, I think you give Phil Collins too much credit, man. What do you mean? I think you give him too much credit as a drummer. He's not. A, he wasn't a bad drummer. He was in one of the best bands of the seventies as the drummer. Yeah, but then he went to singer. Yeah, because he has saw an awesome. All right, continue. Um, bass. Let's really fuck things up. Put in Gene Simmons. Yeah, he's not a great bass player, but that'd be a good show. That'd be a good show. Think of that. Think about the show that we're putting together here. I don't think you're taking band dynamics into consideration here. Gene is a very selfish he, well, guy. He's, he's a selfish guy. I know. Okay, so if we if we eighty six Gene. Yeah, you can't cheat. You can't look it up. I didn't get to look it up. That's that's. Hey, look. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not looking. I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I'm getting somebody else for my. Uh... How about uh, Sly? Who Sly? From Sly and the Family Stone. As the bassist. Yeah. He, look, that's a bad motherfucking bass player. When they did their comeback, he came back with a broken hand and fucking played slap bass. Kip Winger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Kip Winger right. on bass. I'll give you that. Because Kip is an actually really good bass player. Yeah. Um. Then the guitarist. Don Dockin. George Lynch. George Lynch would be good, man. From Dockin. Yeah. George Lynch would be good. I'd be pretty cool. So do you have you have Freddie Mercury, George Lynch, Brian Wilson, and who was your drummer? Drummer was um, Phil Collins, but that's up up in the air. Sean, I hate to tell you, that's a shit band right there. I don't think so. I think so. All all of those guys. So you have Brian Wilson, Phil Collins, and Freddie Mercury know how to build a song. I can tell you that Freddie Mercury and Brian Wilson writing music would be absolutely insane. 
I think it would be some like probably some of the best songs ever. You know, like one of the collaborations that was supposed to happen and never did. There would have probably would have been one of the best collaborations of all time. What? Prince and Michael Jackson. Oh yeah. So they were gonna have an album together. And the funny part is Prince shot down the collaboration. You know why? I'm sure. Because he's a he was a real artist, could play all the no. instruments. No. Nope. Because Michael wanted to have bubbles in the studio and Prince didn't want it. So he said, fuck it, I'm not going to do this. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it was like something super awkward and weird. When I, when I was a kid during that time, like uh-huh. Michael Jackson and Prince, so like eighty early 80s, right? which you don't remember much of. I have studied enough. But you were either a Prince guy or a Michael Jackson guy. Yeah. Kind, kind of like how you're either Beatles or Rolling Stones. Yeah. But if you... If you really split it up, I honestly feel that the the compilation of work was better on Michael Jackson's side than Prince's. Artistically, Prince was much more ahead of his time, 100%. However, Michael Jackson all around was better. And now you're saying that Prince played all the instruments. Yes, he's a, he plays something like... 17 instruments or something like crazy like that but michael jackson already would have all the songs in his head of how he wanted it and you're also talking about a guy that worked with quincy jones but let me ask you a question uh who would you who would you rather listen to who would i rather listen to right now they if they said okay you can listen to Michael Jackson. See, I would take Prince. Michael Jackson, hands down. Prince has my fi- one of my all-time favorite songs. Oh, he's got a bunch of my favorite but, songs. But, like, if anybody talks during this song, I want to slap him in the face. Uh-huh. A little Red Corvette. No, it's a great song. I, it's like, to me, but you know, I don't know if that's because I really like the song, or I, I oh, have no, memories no, I can, of, no. of that being, like, one of the first videos watching on MTV. Dude, that song, the lyrics to this song are so fucking great. If you analyze it, and this is off the top of my head, this is how much I know this fucking song. You got a pocket full of horses. Pocket full of tro- You got yeah. a pocket full of condoms. condoms. So, like, that, like, that's an alliteration that most people probably wouldn't get because you're talking about little red Corvettes. You're thinking, oh, you got a pocket full of horses. The car runs so fast, whatever. Like, it's a great fucking song. Yeah. I I would say, like, Prince's, like, music is so good and, like, I'm scared at the fact that he's got hundreds, if not thousands of songs that will never see the light of day. Oh, they will now? No. Uh-uh. Never. Was never. it in his will? Never. He said he can't release any songs? Prince had his whole house wired, and it's like it's documented. Like, even Kevin Smith talked about it. I remember that. Right. But I don't remember him. He's got got full-on music videos that he shot that will never come out, songs that will never come out, and the way that, like, his will is will never, ever fucking come out. That You might as well have just torched them. If they come out, it won't be for another 100 years. But... To think of like, damn! Imagine the fucking song. And same with Michael. I think Michael has like a good handful of songs that Was never that came out. Was this year, twenty sixteen, that he died? Michael? No, no, oh. Prince. Oh, uh, I want to say it was last year. I want to say it was last year. We lost oh. Prince and we lost David Bowie. 
Man, the David Bowie one is pretty tough. And he fucking, he took it to a whole new level with that last album. He died in 2016. Yeah. I was never really a Bowie fan. The only Bowie song I really liked was, um, he died. 2016 was a rough yeah. year for famous people. The only Bowie song I really liked was Under Pressure with Queen. Really? Yeah, I mean, there's, oh, he's, a, there's got, he's got so many good songs. And mind you, I was never big on David Bowie. I fucking hate him for doing The Dark Crystal because that movie fucks me up. What's that movie? That movie's fucking rad. No, I can't. That movie's too fucking creepy, man. Total side note. I meant to hit you up the other day. I was watching Aliens. Or Alien. Alien. Such a good fucking movie. I don't care what you say about Sigourney Weaver. She was so hot. She was not hot. She was so was. At no point. The hottest Sigourney Weaver ever was was as... Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters as the Keymaster or the Gatekeeper. Look... That Sigourney, was the hottest Sigourney Weaver. If you ever hear been. this, I just want one oh, date. Oh, wait. Vision. Just one date. Huh? Uh, Galaxy Quest. She was kind of hot. She See, we had, had her, this conversation last time, asshole. Just say I'm right. She kind of had her boobs out. I'm right. No, no, no. She's not, she's not an attractive woman. She's very manly. No. No, Yeah, she's her not. face is very manly. No. What are you talking about? The only time she had, like, they made her look manly was in Alien... Three. No, Alien Four. When she was with, uh, what's her face? Um, the, the girl from Stranger Things. Oh, Winona. Winona Ryder, yeah. She was like that the movie mama alien. That movie made me sad. I, wouldn't, I won't watch for Why? Because of the one alien that gets sucked out. Oh, the baby alien? The baby alien. The gross alien? Yeah, I felt bad for that thing. You felt bad for a because killing it was, machine? It was, what? For a killing machine? But it wasn't. It was like it, when it noticed her... And like it's when it started getting sucked out of the into space, it had like a look of real fear on. It. I won't watch. Good. That. I hope it's scared. No, it was. It wanted its mom. She was its mom. Yeah. That's all it wanted was her I don't mom. Care. So was the queen alien in Aliens too? It doesn't matter. No, she was different. That bitch could go yeah. get flushed out to space. Exactly. Get away from her, you bitch! Such a good fucking movie. That like you know. Let, okay, so now we're on to movies. Since uh, we're going to movies. Hold on. Is there you ma- talk. I'm going to grab some Fro Pro. You want one? No, I do not want a Fro Pro. Shout out to Fro Pro. Maddie Williams. Um, Ask him to sponsor my podcast. Is there. He's already sponsoring mine. That hasn't started yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there a better. Who. Okay. One more time in English Spielberg or, or Cameron? Cameron. If it would have been 20 years ago, I would have said Spielberg. However, why not, why not now? Broke my heart. With what? Indiana Jones. Oh, that, that one. Yeah, uh huh. Indiana Jones. But that was, that was because George Lucas was a part of it. Nope. Uh-uh. He was. Not for that one. He was too. Nope. He is an executive producer. I that guarantee. Means, that means he gave the money and gave the, the rights to use it. Uh-uh. Sorry, man. Spielberg broke my heart. And then re-releasing E.T. with all the guns removed to walkie-talkies. What? Damn. Are you serious right now? No, I'm, I'm dead serious. I don't even I have no idea what you're talking about. He re-released E.T. And he made all the cops, instead of having guns, because remember they were trying to get uh, Elliot and... E, we call him E because we're down like that. They photoshopped or whatever you want to call it, 
And they got rid of all the guns and made them into walkie-talkies. Directed by Steven Spielberg. Produced Frank Marshall. Screenplay David Coep. Story by George Lucas. Story means nothing. Yes. Characters by George Lucas. Yeah. Indiana Jones is his character. Music music by John Williams. John Williams is a prolific... Think about the, the classic soundtracks he's made. I put John Williams on the same level as Quincy Jones. I'm moving the mic. Sorry for the noise, guys. Um, listen, to, li- listen to this. Listen to this. Oh. Ready. Here is his... Think about these movies, and this is all one guy. Oh, by the way, we totally still have to go back to my thing about Pink Floyd, but continue. Okay. Ready for this. Uh-huh. Jaws. Great movie. No, these are, I'm just talking about the score. Think about oh, John this, Williams. This John I, can Williams tell you, I can tell you off the top of my head. Jaws. Uh-huh. Star Wars. Back to the Future. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. First Superman. Uh, E.T. Mm-hmm. Indiana Jones. Jurassic Park. Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And that's, those are the... Those are the big ones. He did not do... Uh, Pretty sure he didn't. No, not Back to the Future. But, uh, but think about these. The, do the theme for Jaws. Now do Star Wars. Uh, come on. Superman. Superman and Star Wars are very similar. So here's the thing. Now, again, this is coming from my analysis of it. There's a lot of themes... Like little melody themes that get switched from one into the other. If you pay attention to it, you'll hear it. Like you'll hear the Superman love theme, like when he meets Lois or whatever and they're flying. It's also used in Star Wars, I want to say, in either like Yoda's theme or where like uh, Han and Leia are sitting there um, talking. Oh, come on, man. Don't be like that. It goes in people's ears. At least be like polite about that. No, no, no. They, they, we're savages. We're, um, we're sitting talking about classical music. We're, dude, we're John savages. Williams. We're straight oh, up savages. What you didn't announce on there is the fact that he did the music for the Olympics. Yes, he did do the Olympics. That album is still one of my favorites. Um, uh, the 1984 Summer Olympics, NBC Sunday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Um, he did the Land of the Giants. And the first season of Gilligan Island. Dude, John Williams is no fucking joke, man. I, and in all seriousness, when I was looking into getting into colleges, I was looking at going to UCLA because he was a professor there. Um, and obviously, we just couldn't afford it. And I, whatever. I, I didn't have the musical experience at the time to get into that program. It's intense. Yeah. But I would have loved... Well, it's, it's amazing what, what it takes to get into some of these schools some more than others yeah some more than others but it's like like berkeley berkeley's supposed to have a tough program music program to get into to get into and survive like berkeley is no joke man like berkeley is like john mayer went to berkeley and tons and uh what's his face vernon reed from living color living color bro his oh there's a band that's that's yeah they were down here missed it or they're coming down here forget which one it is but I'd love to see Living Color. And he just came out with a new that album. Riff, that riff for uh, 
cult of personality. Yeah. So now the riff is the riff is pretty easy, but that guitar solo is like oh, by far geez. one of the most difficult guitar solos to ever play. Oh, so this is what I was gonna tell you. This is totally something else. Last night I started jamming out to a song and I forgot how fucking good of a song and guitar solo like probably one of the the best guitar solos of all time peter frampton feel like we do that song is so fucking good you remember it feel like we do this is like he's the I one remember that remember the guitar solo he's though. the one that made it popular to have the talk the box talk box yeah like bro just listen to it listen to it and just tell me it's not one of hands down the best guitar solos of all time it's crazy you know what my favorite guitar solo is gonna and it's a oh. short one boy it's gonna make you laugh what is um john frusciante and danny california at oh the that's end. a great song yeah at the end like he's just to dig a slide guitar yeah. john frusciante is a great guitar player man um so no go back way way back to what we were talking about the best album of all time dark side of the moon pink floyd i can't stand pink floyd i um, like two songs from pink floyd which ones take a guess uh wish you were here yep and the wall yep that's it yeah everything else i'll tell you right now like i gotta look this up but uh dark side of the moon held the record for longest charting album of all time and i'll tell you how many weeks in just a minute once wikipedia decides to well, pop while, up. while you're waiting for that can you name off the top of your head the greatest selling debut album of all time greatest selling debut album of all time i'm gonna say it's high school musical nope what it's something we've already touched on today. The Beatles, Sergeant Pepper. Nope. What? Appetite for Destruction. You're wrong. Yes, greatest You're selling wrong. debut album. You're wrong. I guess it doesn't count as debut, but Glee, or Glee or High School Musical had the the biggest selling album. Actually, you know what? It's probably not even Appetite for Destruction. It's got to be Off the Wall. Michael Jackson's off the wall. Well, it really wasn't a... What's it say? Just read it. Appetite for Destruction, Geffen Records. Biggest selling debut album of the 80s and biggest hard rock game changer. Um, Appetite for Destruction, 100 best debut albums of all time, 10 best selling debut albums in U.S. history. There we go. So it was that? Nope. What? I don't don't know. I'm going to... Oh, Number so 10 then, was Linkin Park. Exactly. I'm right. You're wrong. Eight. No. no. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. How did they have this set up? See? 10, Linkin Park. Tied for eight. Jewel and Matchbox 20. God. People's taste of music. Boys. Seven, Pearl Jam. 10. Nice. Five, tied for five, Backstreet Boys. Yeah, I'm not surprised. And Britney Spears. Not surprised. Four, Whitney Houston. Three, Hootie and the Blowfish. Two, Boston. Number one, Appetite for Destruction, 18 million copies. Yeah, that sounds like all bullshit to me if you can clearly see that list. Debut albums. 
Debut albums. Best-selling debut weird. albums of all time. Uh, let's see. All right. Here you go. Dark Side of the Moon was a commercial and critical success. It topped the Billboard Top LPs and Tapes chart for a week and remained in the chart for 741 weeks from 1973 to 1988. That's crazy. So imagine an album that came out in 1973 was still top charting for 15 years. Good luck. Tell me, tell me an album that came out in the last 10 years that could do that. None. No, I, I don't. I don't even know what albums. I don't even know what albums are anymore. I just go to Spotify. Yeah, right. Like, I'm trying to think. Like the closest album that you could see that would probably still last that long. Like maybe like a U2 album. Maybe. Maybe. But not charting like that. No. No way. Never, that. But that whole music industry has changed from back then, anyways. It it hasn't. It hasn't. The the thing is, is that because we're so social, it's niched so it's harder to find an album that covers so many people it'll be easier for individual songs to cover such a large number of people like like happy the the pharrell song that they did for minions oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that covered so many fucking people but as far as like an entire piece of work that could span over so many tastes for such a long time it's gonna be a long time before we get another michael jackson or Prince. Or Prince. Like, no. It's crazy. What are you doing, man? Are you still on the phone? What time I'm, is I'm, it? Oh, shit. It's 2. I'm, probably I'm st- looking up shit. Yeah, we've been talking music. Well, no. It's, it- what are we at? We're at an hour. We're an hour and a half. We got to get going soon. Um, fuck, what else was I going to tell you? There's something that I want to... Oh, so one thing I do want to talk to everyone about is the uh, the charity event that we have going on tomorrow. Hopefully this goes out in time, but it should be pretty fun. <laughs> Either way, if it doesn't, we're still doing charity. Yeah, it's um, going to come out to, tonight. We'll be able to pump this out tonight. Um, that should be pretty fun, man. In case you guys don't know, what we're doing is we are putting um, we're putting together a uh, the second annual uh, toy drive charity and uh, photo shoot, tacky sweater photo shoot. So what's going to happen is we're inviting people from different gyms and all over the community to come by, donate a toy for uh, for kids. And if you donate a toy, we're going to take a photo of you in front of my awesome Christmassy backdrop. And we're hoping that you come in your tackiest of tacky sweaters so we can take a nice goofy photo glamour shot for you to have for your holiday card. And if people want to take a good straightforward photo that's cool too um a nice classy christmas photo we're set up for that yeah, there's a lot of people who are boring oh speaking world. of which do you have your santa suit I don't have a did santa anybody suit. tell you about getting a santa claus suit i'm not wearing it why because i'm not wearing a santa claus suit why it's way too freaking hot you're gonna be in the air no, conditioning no I'm not wearing man a santa suit. you're gonna break the kids hearts after kids Right. I'm not. I'm not like Trick Daddy. All right, man. That's kind of <laughs> fucked up. I guess I got to come in my Santa Claus outfit. F them kids. That's fucked up. This is the whole point. Is that fucking toy drive for kids? You know, I want to help them kids. I don't care about the kids. Oh, did you hear that they announced uh, <laughs> Gabby's next fight opponent for Ryzen? Oh no. It is a 53 year old. Oh yeah. Politician. Yeah, I heard. I, I saw whose that. last fight was in two thousand. 
that's so stupid. How bad is that? That's so stupid. How can you take an entire career of jujitsu credentials and fucking throw them out the window to become well, a yeah, sideshow freak? Yeah, exactly. I, well, she's got to make money somehow. I get it. It's money. And there's really not much money to be made in jujitsu. But if you're gonna, if you want to be a, a spectacle, be a spectacle. But don't sit there and try and act like you're gonna be some kind of talented fighter. And put on bullshit like shows like that. I give more respect to fucking CM Punk. At least he fucking fought Mickey Gall. He fought like an actual fighter. He didn't go out and get like me to go and fight against. You know? Come on, man. I knew he was in trouble right when he came out. And he oh, I knew he was what? in trouble when he announced that he wanted to fight. Well, here's the thing. is, is I've, I've actually I've had a couple conversations with CM Punk yeah. over my time in pro wrestling. He is a legit dude as far as... Oh, for sure. As, like, if he, he's the kind of guy that if he puts his mind to something, he's going to accomplish it. Um, and, and he wasn't unskilled. Everyone's... So here, here's, he had wrestling, but he wasn't right. a striker. Right, he wasn't a striker at all. But even wrestling, he didn't have real wrestling. He had pro wrestling. Yeah. But here's the thing about pro wrestling. When I, when I, was, I was a pro wrestler for 13 years, for those of you out there that don't know that... I, I was a pro wrestler for 13 years. What we learned was catch as catch can. Yeah. Is what catch it's wrestling. Catch wrestling. Or as it was used to be called, catch as catch can. Yeah. Um, so it's basically chain wrestling from one to hold to the next, to the next, to the yeah. next, to the next. Now, over the years, what wrestling did is wrestling started in the, in the, in the fairs and the, fe- and the carnivals of the uh it started in the fairs and carnivals of the uh what was it the like like uh, uh, you know like right. the early early 1900s and um hey guys um early 1900s so but what they did was is they would actually have people who would challenge people in yeah the coming from the crowd people would come in from the crowd like spider-man what's that like spider-man like spider-man that like was real man. shit they would go around to all these towns and they would get the baddest man and then they would have somebody beat the shit out of them. And yeah. sometimes the baddest man in the town would, would beat win. the shit out of the guy. Yeah, of they course. They would win. But they would put they, it was all about taking bets. Right. But they, but what happened was these these guys started going, well, instead of getting this guy, why don't we put a guy in the crowd that's in on it so nobody a gets ringer? hurt, a ringer. Yeah. So nobody gets hurt. And that's that's where the the idea of wrestling the came idea about. of of the work right. happened um so now these guys <laughs> can you of, imagine though they gotta have been caught at some point or another we're like wait a minute who the fuck is this guy like you're in a small town like i've never seen that guy before does he work with you dale no does he work with you chip I'm like no yeah but think about it those fairs when people came to the, they came from all right. over the place because it was that's all they had. Right, for but if you're in a small town, wouldn't you be like nobody uh, noticed? People would come from different part, different towns, all over. Yeah, man, people would travel for that shit. Yeah, if you're getting a carnival within a hundred miles. I of guess you, so. Like they didn't have shit back then. They didn't then. have shit, so yeah. all of a sudden I get to go to a carnival, and yeah. this thing was huge. Fucked up. People would do this, and then, um, but the wrestling, the catch wrestling, is legit. It's legit. Catch wrestling comes from the same area as. Jiu-jitsu and all the other grappling arts, everything comes from that pancreation. The difference between catch wrestling and jujitsu is one's catch, real and one's fake. No, 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 no. Even no real catch. I'm talking real catch yeah. wrestling. 
The difference is catch wrestling is meant to just fuck you up. Yeah. Not just incapacitate you. Yeah, no, you're you, you're gonna get fucking. You're gonna get your your jaw broken. You're gonna get your ankle yeah. broke. Whatever they get a hold of, they take it and they twist it in the wrong way. That's like that's what catch wrestling is: is finding a joint and twisting it in the wrong way. So, what do you think then about the? Um, and we saw a, the a, move towards uh, what should we call it? Um, combat jujitsu. I love combat jujitsu. Just because they're slapping the shit out of each other. Right. That's just fun to watch and but hear. But now Eddie now Bravo's talking about adding kicks. In the standing? I don't... Yeah, I mean, it's got to be in the standing. No, I don't think they should add standing. I don't think they should add kicks. It's either grounded grounded strikes, and, that, and I don't mean just slaps. Grounded strikes. Right. See, like, my first... Exposure again, it's, to it's really it's like what at the same time, man. There should be no fucking rules. Yeah, but you can't do that. You can't. Well, look, that, I I agree. It should go back to Valley Tudo. Valley Tudo, no eye gouging, no biting. Well, no, like there was no eye, there was no eye gouging, no fish hooking, and no fish hooking. But see, in Valley Tudo, I think they allowed fish hooking, and you could even go and like grab people's nuts. There's that, like, famous fight where, like, the dude is, like, he gets the other guy's back, and he was, like, losing, but he gets his back, and he reaches deep into his fucking Speedo and just ranches his nuts. You've never seen that? I, I, I have a vague recollection of yeah. that, but I think I blocked I have, it out. I have the fight saved. I found it on YouTube. Like, I got lucky because it was, I want to say it was, like, a Russian fighter, and it was, like, all posted in Russian. So I've managed to find the fight, and I saved it. So I have it on my computer somewhere. But, yeah, like, the dude just really just – they were, like, in the corner. Like, the guy who had, like – the one who was taking the back had his back in the corner, I think it was. Or he was on the ropes. <laughs> and he just – like, you just see this hand go deep into this, like, orange Speedo and just squeeze the hell oh. out of it. <laughs> you Here's that? the thing. I get it. It's a weapon, and he's doing it as an offensive move. But you're still putting your hand on a guy's junk. Look, if it was like a, the one I re- the one, even better. Remember uh, Keith Hackney versus Joe Sung. Joe like Sung checking the oil. No, dude, he was Keith Hackney was uppercutting Joe Sung's oh, yeah, nuts yeah, 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 yeah. up against the cage. You just going. I See, to me, that's better. Yeah. I'm not no, getting that a was, handful they were of on junk. Their fo- they were on the floor. Right. They were on the floor. Yeah. Was, but the way, the position he was at, he was uppercutting. Yeah. Or he was, like, hooking the nuts. He was just hooking. He was just like, pop, 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 pop. Yeah. Like, bro, and, if you have any kids at all, they're coming out cross-eyed after no, that, that. Well, that dude's the one that, Joe Sung's the one that raped a girl and went to jail. Yeah. He was, the, he was in, uh, he was in Austin, Austin Powers. Powers. He did more than rape a girl. What he did was fucked up, and he deserves to fucking what, rot in hell. Did he kidnap? I don't remember what they it was. Ki- him and some other guy kidnapped this girl and, like, just mutilated her and, like, just raped her repeatedly, like, over a weekend or something crazy like I that. I don't and understand then he just people, man. Really man, don't. that guy was fucked up in the head. Like, he just... I, I hope somebody chops his balls off and fucking Well, maybe he has no balls because of that fight, man. No, he deserves to fucking eat a dick for life fuck that guy uh, yeah but see like i think that the only thing that could really stop the ufc now i mean it'd be very hard to have a like a bellator compete is if 
a full-on legal Valetudo comes out where they do it. Not like the Russian fights where it's like 10 on 10 in an office setting. Those are kind of cool to watch. They're fun to watch. But you know which ones ones I like watching better? Uh Not the 10 on 10 ones. It's like the three on three, but it's like an obstacle course that they fight on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same one, yeah. (laughs) That thing is fucking nuts. It's so crazy, but to me, it... It's too replicant of the of like a street fight of like a dirty street fight where someone can get jumped. So when it's like two on one, like all right, now it's not really it's not a competitive match. It's an ass whooping, you know, which is that kind of kills it for me. It's like okay, wow. If I want to watch that, I'm just gonna go watch World Star. That's how I see it. But if it's like one on one where you get like Chuck Liddell versus whoever. You know, like, fuck yeah, I'll watch that. For sure I'll watch that. And those fights will end a, either a lot faster or they'll last a lot longer. Well, those fights, those 10 on 10 fights don't last long. Have you watched those? Right, but I'm saying, no, I'm saying like they, a one on one. They last like four minutes total because as soon as one person goes down, yeah, then it's like, it's, it's, a, it's a pack mentality. Yeah, it's bad. Then it's two on one, then it's three on one, then it's like, it just keeps getting worse Well, you know what's, what's picking up now, like in popularity. I don't want to make too much the noise. The medieval fighting? Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the Vice did like a documentary on one recently? And uh, this guy follows like two or three different people who are fighting in it. I, Bro, I would do it. I would compete in that. I would do it. But it's got to be so expensive to buy all the armor. Yeah, I don't that. Dude, what, what, tell you what I liked a lot more than that uh-huh. was that Italian game. The game they play in Italy where they're like in, in like... Are they where they do it like once a year? Where, yeah, where they play it. It's like a, with a ball. They beat the shit out of each and other? And then literally beat the shit. It's like yeah. MMA with... Soccer? Soccer, but like rugby, but yeah. literally beat the... And they're wearing like those pantaloon pants yeah. that they wore in like the 1500s. It's, the soccer ball is just added to make it look like it's a game. It's really to beat the shit they out of each other. beat the shit out of each But that game was like... That was intense, yeah. Because now you're moving fast, and now your people are just fucking slugging you in the face. Well, it's like that uh, that goat polo version uh, that they play in like Rambo that they play out in like Afghanistan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you guys haven't seen that, it's pretty crazy. Basically, Rambo three. If you watch Rambo three, they show it, and it's actually like a real game. It's a real right? game, yeah. Like the they Kaz- played a- the Kazakhs. Well, no, I'm saying that they were playing a real game. They were trying to beat the shit out of uh, of, uh, of Sylvester Stallone? Stallone. Yeah, he talks about it. But basically, what these guys do are playing. They're playing a version of polo slash soccer with a dead S- goat. Slash smear the queer. Yeah, well, the- I guess I know that's not the right name for yeah. the politically correct name. Yeah. What, what's the other name? Old timey. Was it was uh, kill the carrier. Kill the carrier, yeah. Yeah. But basically, these guys are carrying a dead goat, and the goal I'm going to get is, all kinds of hate for this, for saying yeah. that. And but the, that's what it was called when I was a kid. Yeah. Well, there's tons of, you know, there was Nazis when you were a kid, too. That's not good. There wasn't Nazis. Uh, you're pretty old. I'm not that old. <laughs> well, I mean, there was Nazis in prison. I just watched this whole thing about Nazis going to prison in the 70s with the Nazi hunters. It was awesome. Oh, uh, do you see... Uh, I always, like, once in a while go into those holes to look at those conspiracies and see how Hitler was still alive, was still and, alive in Argentina. and Argentina. Have you seen the photos? It looks just like him. Hey, that, that's fucking Hitler. That's Hitler. 100% that's I Hitler. Believe Hitler I, don't, I, I believe 100% that Hitler left. No, yeah, for he, sure. He got the fuck out of Dodge. Yeah. Uh, 100%, I think. It, he him and Ava Braun retired to fucking Argentina, found the nice little hole in the ground, and... Uh, most likely, they just... 
they made some kind of like secret pact. They found him, and he said, like, I want to speak to freaking Winston Churchill. And Churchill was like, we're going to sneak you off to Argentina. Because this is the same time that they were having, like, issues with, like, the Falkland Islands and stuff. And just probably throw him in there. I think so. If you guys want to see a fucked up story, look up the story of, like, the Falkland Islands between Argentina and uh, and the U.K. That's a real fucked up yeah, story. Yeah, that's a fucked and nobody, up story. Like, nobody knows about it here. I mean, I only know about it because of like my my family or whatever. Obviously, um, did you ever? Do you ever? Did you ever watch uh, This Is England? Uh. Uh-uh. Great fucking movie. Yeah. But the kid lost his dad to the Falkland Islands. Oh, a lot of people did. Yeah, yeah. I never told you a story about my uh, my grandpa. He was uh, I forget if his grandpa, great grandpa, dude. Yeah, he was um, he was in a foxhole and they dropped a bomb and it landed next to him and it didn't blow up. And he just had a permanent stutter after that. He would, like, stutter. Because it scared him so much? Oh, obviously, he shit his pants. Bro, he was, like, two feet away. A fucking bomb was dropped, and it didn't blow up. And he's just like, like, yeah, man, that's going to fuck with you. That's PTSD to its fullest. And there's nothing on the Falkland Islands. I don't know why they fought so hard for them. No, there's oil and stuff. And it's a trade route. It's really a trade route. And so it's... First of all, Argentina fucked up to begin with by allowing it all to happen. But, again, this is the whole British mindset of, you know, make the world Britain. Yeah. Mm. The fact that China got out of it unscathed the way that they did is all because of money. But Argentina makes so many political mistakes that it's not even funny. Like, that's just... All of South America makes such a fucking shit show when it comes to politics. You think Donald Trump is bad. Let's go look at the rest of the freaking... I think... You know what I would think would, would save Donald Trump? Oh. Half or 75% of the headaches he fucking has? If he wouldn't... If he would just take that fucking Twitter away from him. Are you kidding me? That guy's got no headaches. He doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't that give a fuck. That man does not give a fuck what you or I or anybody else thinks. And mind you, I have no fucking stake in this game. I don't give a fuck about politics. I really don't give a I, shit. I won't talk about like, it. Like, right. And this is the most you'll hear me talk about it, but... No, dude, that guy doesn't give a fuck. Unless you're taking money away from him, he won't give a fuck about who you are. And even then, dude, he's... You know who's really in the shit show now? You see today? No. Matt, Matt Lauer? Lauer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck that, that guy. Was, that was yesterday. Yeah, fuck that guy. It's funny, man, this, this whole... So, like, there's a lot of this social justice shit that I just want to slap people about. For sure. You know, the, you know, I'm offended shit. Well, guess what? Just because you're offended doesn't mean you're right. This means you you you're have delicate delicate sensibilities. Yeah, you can be offended. It you doesn't... can be offended all you want. If I offend you, oh well, go fuck yeah. yourself. I don't give a fuck. Well, that's what I was saying before. I I shouldn't talk about this, but someone got offended by how I speak on this podcast, and they refused to sponsor me. Which it's fine. Go ahead. You don't have to sponsor me at all. Yeah, that, that's. But that's... I, there's not a, there's not a fucking person in this world, maybe other than my mom, that I'm ever gonna watch what I fucking say for. If my cursing draws you away, then that's fine. I don't give a fuck. Well, here's the thing. What's the problem with cursing? There, there's only one thing. So I do think that you can do it too much. You can do and it I too definitely much. do it like, too much. I, like I have no, but you, you don't though. There's people. Once in a while, we all do it. Like. Some people like I, I have a, one of my good buddies, Joe, who's the, he's coming down next week. But nice. uh, the the but um, every once in a while, 
instead of saying, um, he'll go fucking. Oh, I do that all the time. People, people will use that as that pause. But there's nowhere, nowhere is it written in any religion that cussing is, is bad. You know, actually, you just reminded me. I meant to apologize to everybody at the beginning of the podcast because I keep catching myself either doing the and um or saying like every other fucking word. So I apologize to everybody. I am making a conscious effort to work on that because it does make me sound even dumber than I actually am. But yeah, it's it's a it's a filler. It's a filler. It's a filler, but not always is it a filler. No. Sometimes it's just it's it's just it it's an all encompassing word. Sometimes shit is fucked. Yeah. And we know what fucked means. Sometimes something is a shit storm. We know what that means. Sometimes people are fucking assholes. If you're an asshole is one thing. If you're a fucking asshole, it's another thing. Yeah. I I do think that for sometimes I curse too much, but I also think that if you get offended by something like that, it shows your lack of ability of accepting the direness of a situation. So if I'm going to be blunt and say something and add curse words here and there, whatever, I'm being dead honest. I'm not sugarcoating it. I'm not putting a veil over anything. That's the situation. It is what it is. So for you to get offended over like me having that word in it, shows that you don't grasp the severity of the situation that pertains to using that word. Yeah, well, and there's certain words that do have a power. They're meant to take power away. Yeah. You know, we all know them, the N-word, the when I said smear, unfortunately. Just say it. it when I word. said smear, the queer, the yeah. queer, queer, all that, you know, all that stuff. You know, that stuff is meant to belittle somebody but swearing saying shit fuck damn yeah asshole you know i I draw the line when it comes down to the when it's derogatory towards a person or a race or this that and the other like saying here's the thing then again english is my third language so for me to truthfully understand the the definition of something i have to do the research in so what throws me off is the word queer. Granted, like people use it towards derogatory, towards like homosexual people. But then you have the word like queer is peculiar, peculiar. And then you have query, which is a question. Right. So you're asking a question on something that's peculiar to you. So there there had to be a a developmental phase throughout all these words and at one point it just becomes where it's a negative connotation and it, but at some point people 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 are going to take offense to any yeah but i look i get that like because i used to call it the same thing and then when i really started understanding more like yeah it's hard to find something that means the exact thing that you used to play when you were a kid it's tough to sit there it's like okay what was was it Catch the... Kill the carrier. Kill the carrier. No one would call that that. Nobody called it that. Nobody called it that. You would call it... You wouldn't even call it that if your dad was around because he would call it that too. He would call it the other one too. So it's just... It sucks that that was the development of that word and where it got to. But, you know, it's... To be offended by it is one thing. To 
to degrade someone because they used it is another but to degrade someone for using it when they didn't mean it like that like that's different man like you got to understand people make those mistakes you got to fix it like if someone's trying to fix it then okay like all right i get it like you fucked up like you're trying to fix it but it also comes it it comes down to the problem with words is your definition is different from my definition. Not the definition. The definition is the definition. The definition but it's how you perceive the word. How you perceive the word. And we're, I'm going to go ahead and say this word because when well because Eminem made it popular. Uh-huh. Um, and then it used to be said all the time, but now it's bad. Is is, is the word faggot? Yeah. If you look at if you call somebody who gay. Or 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 who's gay or or whatever? If you call them a faggot, that's being derogatory. Yeah, you know the same. You know, but when you call your buddy, like we used to call our friends, say, quit, yeah. quit being. Uh, yeah, but, but we weren't saying it as oh, you're being a homosexual. Yeah, we said we said it more like I get being, it. You're being lame. No, I get it. Like, dude, I trust me. I get it. This is going to be a controversial. No, it's not controversial because we're no, because we're not saying any. I'm not trying to use it in any way that that is actually like. I'll say I'll say faggot, but I will never say the N word. Yeah. See, and that's that's where like, you know, it's one's okay and one isn't. It's either all okay or it's all isn't. So for me, it's I'm not going to use the N word, and I. Out of bad habits, like maybe once in a while, I'll say, like, the f word, whatever. It's stupid. <laughs> it's stupid to say, right? right. But it's you but have it to sense. evolve, and you have to evolve as a human being of understanding, like, you know, whatever word that might have been okay fifty years for, like ago doesn't mean it's going to be fifty years from now or even today that it's right. So you, you, granted, you can play the ignorance card of saying, like, well, it used to be okay. It's like it used to be okay to hit women. You're not going to do that now. Well, like my grandmother, right? She still calls, uh, you know, black people, or she calls them colored, yeah. which is a That's derogatory. Super, yeah. But my grandmother was born in 1930. Yeah. Where that was the reference what, for? It. No, it wasn't the reference. It was the polite reference. It wasn't just the reference; it was the polite reference, because the. Col- I don't know the, so, if it was really polite. It was. It was because why wouldn't not, why wouldn't they just say black? Because it wasn't. It was. That's not what they were called. They weren't. That it was. Calling it, it was the N word or colored colored, and the 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 she doesn't mean it to her. She's being nice. You know what? When she like, says that. Yeah. And which, I have to tell her, I'm like, Nana, you cannot say that like yeah. that. You know what word bothers me? And that, not that it's like a, a real bad word, but is when people are referred to as a minority. I don't like referring to people as a minority because I don't want to perceive anybody as a minority. Regardless of what the number of them is. That I just feel it's like well, you're technically a minority. Yeah, you're technically a minority. Yeah, but 
it's but see that to me it's like i don't like oh my god i'm offended it's a minority it's like i just feel it's like that's not a way to refer right. to someone it's not like i, I you're, I, you're not a minority just like you can't be calling someone a minority it's like there's a lot less people that look like me so we're a minority like no you're just a human being to me i just see it as like human beings don't like it and it just i think when people stop putting stupid labels on stupid shit things will move forward a lot faster remember was it last year two years ago when the biggest argument was about who can fucking take a dump at target what do you mean remember when people was like oh well there needs to be a transgender bathroom no there's only two genders whatever you could fucking call yourself a fucking acorn for all i give a shit go take a dump Clean up after yourself and let me go next. Yeah. Like that's it. That's all I give a fuck. I understand people that are uneasy if they're they just want to be protective of their kids, but don't sit there and these people aren't going to mess with your kids. If you're one of those people that doesn't want a transgender person in your bathroom because of your kids, you're an idiot because these people aren't going to touch your kids. They're going. Well, it's in not there even. It's bathroom. like, hey, have you ever used the porta potty? That's yeah. a pretty much unisex bathroom. Just it's it's call call all bathrooms unisex. And this, it's a unisex bathroom, except this one's got a bunch of urinals in it. Right. <laughs> and, but even then, it's like the, you, and then you get into stuff like the whole Harvey Weinstein and sexual offenders and stuff like that. Well, that, that's, that's a different, right. But that's a different line. That's so, not, that's not offense. That's assault. Right. But people, people have this need to generalize people into these clumps and then. When it doesn't suit them, but when it suits them, it has to be fine, compartmentalized to this category person, to this category person. I'm this person, so I need to have that. You guys are all this, so you can have all that. Well, it's only when they generalize the multitudes. Yeah. You, you put a person across from another person, nine times out of ten, they don't – well, I shouldn't say that. Well, it all, it all comes down to like to but most, most people most, generalizing and – and out of fear, they would claim homosexuality is because people are sexual deviants. So it automatically looked bad. So people have that engraved in their head, whether they know it or not, that they think that people that have these sexual preferences that is different to theirs as sexual deviants. Now, mind you, I don't give a fuck if you come into the bathroom in a furry suit. I'm only going to give a shit if you're standing at the urinal next to me and you start looking at my dick. Like then I'm like, all right, buddy. Like let's let's take it easy there, you know. Yeah, what if he looks like a really hot chick? Well, then he is not a hot chick. <laughs> so you know what I'm saying. So like that's why like it's nobody looks like one. You know what's gonna happen? And I was thinking about this the other day. Is people are so overly sensitive, and I fucking hate the word microaggression. Like anytime I anytime <laughs> shout I out get, to Tom Sparrow microaggressions right. Anytime I hear that fucking word, it pisses me off. But people are becoming so overly sensitive over the biggest or tiniest bullshit that, mark my words, five, ten years from now, whatever, whenever that cycle comes back around, you're going to see the next Andrew Dice Clay. You're going to see the next Sam Kinison. Yeah. You're going to see people and hear people say some of the most offensive fucking well, thing, and he, everybody's going to laugh. Here's what's going to happen. Everybody's got all these, all these. Everybody's so offended by everything that eventually someone's just gonna snap, 
and it's going to offend everybody and undo it on purpose. Yeah. And then it's going to become, it's going to gain steam. Yeah. Like, and, and we see a little bit of this with Donald Trump. Oh, he, see, but that's different, though. I think it's, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'll let no, you no, I'm just saying, he offends people, and people are, there's people who hate him with the, the every core of their being, and then there's people who follow him 100%. But it's it's like the it, it what started all this was the everybody gets a trophy, everybody gets a trophy, everybody's feeling sad. Yeah, I go, I, I I agree with that. Everybody, I don't want you to feel like you're a loser, so you're gonna get a you're gonna get a little trophy. Yeah, even though you or we don't sucked. keep points, we, don't, we keep don't keep points. points. No, that's horseshit. That's horseshit mentality. Because let me tell you something, your feelings don't matter. Yeah, no your one feelings gives a don't shit. matter. No one gives a shit. No one gives a shit. Yeah. Nobody's feelings matter except your feelings and the people you love. That's that's those are the feelings you got to worry about. And what you do to those people, what's going to happen to them on the outside of the world with other people? That's that's See, out the, of your control and trying to control that is what's making this world such an uptight like and I I completely agree. I think though the Everything that is going on today, from Trump to the KKK rallies and all the white supremacy rallies, even to the the complete opposite, where like now people are saying like, if you're a white woman that's about to have a white baby, get an abortion kind of shit. Oh, you haven't heard that? No. Oh, bro, go look it up. There's people fucking going off about that stuff, saying like, if you're gonna have a white boy, a like a white male kid you're automatically promoting like racism and all kinds of other shit what happened was the whole bathroom thing started coming up and then people just constantly all this stupid claims of you're being racist sexist all this all these claims against people these microaggressions that people are getting like pissed off about the opposite side was getting just fucking hammered you're getting hammered with like being put down for the little things that you or that you care about or that define you as a person whether they're right or wrong it doesn't fucking matter but if you spent every day and someone's telling you you're a racist you're a bigot and you're like i got no problem with people i just don't like this or i just don't like that or maybe you don't like that you are a racist piece of shit but you're not being bad to anybody. You're not. You're living in your own little like bubble, whatever, whatever fucking way it is, whether they're right or wrong. But if you're getting hammered by it every fucking day, you're gonna. And all of a sudden, someone comes up and says, "Hey, it's okay if you think like that. Like we're gonna build a fucking wall. We're gonna do this and that." You're gonna be like, "That's my fucking guy. I shouldn't feel bad for listening for feeling the way that I want to feel. I'm gonna be proud of it." That's the same thing that happened with Nazi Germany. And I'm not gonna sit there and fucking say like. Trump is Hitler and all this other stuff. But if you look at history, that's the exact same thing. So you have the ebb and flow. You have the give and take. If I'm pushing you just so constantly, you're going to push back. So the extreme goes from one side to the complete and total opposite. Yeah, so which is what's going on now. Like, and now the problem is everybody has a voice. So you're hearing a whole shitstorm of just bullshit stuff. When at the end of the day, it's like, guess what? I'm okay with people coming out as racist. Like, go ahead, be as racist as you fucking want, because now I know who you are. Now I can sit there and say, like, oh, he was the one that was fucking hiding in the closet with all his fucking racism and shit like that. Done. Like, oh, this is the person that hates women or that was sitting there and being, you know, a child molester, this, that, and the other. And he's sitting there saying it's okay. Fuck him. Oh, this person hates Mexicans and wants a wall. 
bro, fuck you. Now I know. Now I have my barrier and I can have a face to all those fucking like Facebook comments and all those fucking rallies and this and that. Yeah, but the problem is, is, is it's weird is, is I, my race and my gender is being targeted as this um, machine that of hate of hate that holds people down and and keeps them from achieving anything i've never in my life tried to stop anybody from doing anything that well, wasn't what's the what's the the saying blame the son for the sins of the father or something yeah, like but that even look nobody in my family ever owned a slave nobody in my family ever was in the kkk nobody in my family you know I, what I, you know what I, i'm saying I, no i it's, bro it's like, i'm with you i'm with you on it but I have to apologize because I was born yeah. a white male in the United States. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. Like, that's I'm not the, apologizing for that. I had no control over it. right. Oh, but and not that it. And here's the thing: it doesn't. It's not a bad thing. I'm not looking at. It's not a. Everyone, well, you got so much more privileges. Oh, I maybe I don't know. I'm I'm here sitting re- with you. So how's yeah. that? You know what I'm saying? We're sitting in the same restaurant. Yeah. It's not about well, you're sitting in the same restaurant. It's like you don't have to deal with some of the stuff that they have to. Right. You've never I been agree. pulled over by the color of your skin. You've never been searched for the color of your skin. Like you've never sat there and been ridiculed or, you know, and it's, which again, I get it. I get it. My argument is that pushing it to an extreme doesn't solve the problem. You're only going to make it worse because now let's say, you were drilled with like, okay, you're you're white and you like you're this, that, and the other, like over and over and over again. You might have not been racist, but after a certain amount of people of like one organization are telling you that you are, you're like, fuck it, I'm gonna be fucking racist. Might as well. well yeah, Everybody well, already thinks that I am. You. And and here's the thing, they're calling all, I like I just watched this thing yesterday where they're they're all white men. If you're white and you're a male, you're a racist and you're a sexist, no matter what. Yeah, I w- and I'm like, no, that's not true. I mean, yes, guys are better at everything than women. That's a joke, people. It's a joke. But, <laughs> but here's the thing: is is I haven't done. Judge me by my actions, not by what I look like. And that's the same. I do that. That's the same treatment and respect that I give to everybody. I don't treat anybody how they look. I don't, you know, I don't care I, what I, color you are. I don't care what race you are. I don't care what sex, sexual orientation you're of. I don't judge you right. by the group that you're in. I judge you by the person you are and the deeds that you've done. Yeah. Don't judge me based no, on... I, no, dude, I get it. But I also have to look at it from their point of view. And when they spent or they feel that they spent an entire lifetime being oppressed... Or, or anything like that, there is an issue there. For sure there is an issue there. Is it everybody's fault? No. It's... But here's the, here's the biggest problem with everything. Uh, Nobody's working... So, okay, so let's just say everything they say is right. That for the last 250 years of the United States... Or not even the last 200, almost 250. Uh, 
10 or seven Whatever, years, keep it's going to be 250. Last 250 years of the United States, uh-huh. white man ruled the roost and they made all the rules and did all this stuff. Okay. Now we're aware of it. Yeah. Instead of bitching about it, instead of whining about it, what are we doing to, to change it? You thinking a protest of you taking your knee during a national anthem is doing something about it? Yeah, I think so. I don't think it is. I think it is. I think it, it bringing awareness to something that's already got awareness to it is just shining more light on it. You could once something has had the light shined on it. Okay, I get it. All right, you're right. I see it. So what are we doing to change that? But here's the thing, Sean. It's that whole protest thing got so media twisted to the point where people don't realize why it started to begin with. So it started off for the reason that Colin Kaepernick was protesting the inequality and the way that black people were being treated by police. Right? That's why it started. Then people now, started... Mind you, now, mind you, statistics show something else, but we're not going to get it. It doesn't that. matter. Statistics yeah. can show whatever the fuck it is. This guy felt a certain way, and he right. had every fucking right to express that. Now... People are like, well, what the fuck are we going to do? He can't say that. He can't say that white people are doing this and that to him or the cops are doing that. Oh, let's twist it around saying, fuck him. He's pissing on the fucking flag and he's pissing on like military servicemen and women. That's not the fucking even close to what he was saying. No, but no, it got no. twisted to that. But and it, then it's it not became. What he's saying, but at the same time, it is that. Just as it, 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 just as it is. No, a protest against. No, it'd be different if he came out and said there and like talk shit about the military and said like, no, no, you no, want no. like that's but that's not what he did. Like, mind you, do I feel like that military men and women have the right to be offended by it or patriots have a right to be offended? Yes, you have a right to be offended right. by it. But why you're offended by it? Why don't you ask yourself, why is it that this guy feels so damaged and hurt in a certain way that makes him do something so like image wise so powerful that affects me like this why is he doing that and then why am i responding to it this way and let's see figure that out instead it became fuck you you're pissing me off because of something that i do so i'm gonna sit there and talk shit about you and then it became like, oh, well, these guys make millions of dollars and they're spoiled about this, that, and the other. It's like they don't have the right to fucking kneel. They have every fucking right to kneel and complain, just how you have every right to kneel and com- or complain about what the fuck they're doing and how much they get made. Everybody's got a right to fucking complain about it. You don't have any right to tell me what I can and can't fucking do law-abiding, as a law-abiding citizen. Right, right. The you can't question- be arrested, but you can be fired. If it's against the rules, if, if, if it's against... So, but if, again, if it, say, the, say you no, work for McDonald's. Players weren't even so out on the field for the National Anthem until a few years ago because it, it was a PR fucking right, stunt. Right, right. No, but, but just as... Um, if you're... I don't... Like, the freedom... The, the First Amendment, free speech, guarantees you that you will not be arrested for what you say. Which nowadays I don't even yeah. know if that's that's one hundred percent true. It it doesn't protect you from repercussions of what you say. So or what no, you, you do. every everybody is responsible to deal with the repercussions of their actions. Right. So if you work for McDonald's and for some reason 
it's against their rules that you didn't wear a hairnet. Well, and, that's health violation. Well, I understand. I'm just, you can't go around and fucking curse at the customers and be I, like, it's freedom of speech. Yeah, it's freedom of speech. Okay. Same thing if, and I don't, I'm not saying the football team's players have this in there, but if you're a football player and they're the owner of the team says nobody's allowed to kneel during the national anthem and you do kneel, you're not safe from that repercussion. See, that's where I draw a line, though. That's not true. He's your employer. Right. So right. he's got he the right pays to unemploy you. No. He pays you to do a job. He does not own you. He does not own the right to tell you what you can and can't do. Right, but do. he's got the right to fire you for if you don't follow the rules he's, that he puts in place. Right, but here's the thing. His rules can't undermine my civil rights. He's not he's not undermining your civil rights. When you're working for him, when you could go when, when you're different. off the clock, if you, you want if you want to twist it to the way of saying like your actions are putting a a connotation towards our brand that is not consistent with the image that we want to put out there whether it's family or patriotic or this that and the other, I get it. But again, at the end of the day, it's got to come down to where we have some kind of humanity of saying, why do you feel that you need to do something like this in front of such a huge crowd that's going to, you know, it's going to give you this response. Why are you doing this? Okay. It's because of this reason. All right. Is this something that we can fix? Maybe yes, maybe no. Do I think that we can sit there and fix a, uh, Institutionalized racism no and sexism. A, I don't think there's a such thing as institutionalized. Uh, oh, I, I definitely think there is. Not institutionalized. There's racism, yes, but there's. I don't. I don't believe there's any. Uh, okay, let's say. Let's take out institutionalized. Let's say, um, a deeply rooted culture of racism because of how you were raised, right? And it becomes like a pool. You're going to be around the people that think the same way that you do. No, you know what, though? I don't believe that because Sean, where, I, is, grew, where I grew up right? was out in the boonies. Grew up around tons a, of racist people. Tons of racist You're people. not going to be like everybody else. But guess what? Are you still over there? Are you doing the same stuff that they're doing? And do you, do you relate yourself with them? No. Exactly. But uh, what I'm saying is it's, it's not what, – what I believe saved me from that way of thinking, A, was my grandmother who right. – everything was – everybody refers to people as colored, right? At, well, yeah, <laughs> but everybody's precious. Right. That was, that was her thing is everybody's precious. Yeah. Uh, after that was sports. I've been playing organized sports since I'm five years old. Yeah. And I'm around people of different religions, races – body types, everything. So I've grown up my whole life with my friends being different from me. Yeah. And I didn't, you know, you, you don't start. It's what they say. Hate is taught. Yeah. I was never taught hate. You know, I was so. But if you were to guess, okay, he grew up. Out in the woods, no, t- all the all dirt roads, running around in the woods, shooting bow and arrows, throwing axes. 
Yeah. Shooting guns. People would have been like, oh, that guy's a redneck. And yeah. he believes in lynching and, and hates black people and yeah. hates all races. And it's, it, no, <laughs> not at all. Yeah. I don't hate anybody. Again, I hate people. I don't hate groups of people. You're, I, I hate a person. I, and I right. don't even hate the person. Yeah. But I get aggravated and angry with individuals, not groups right unless you're a group that's that's you that's not everybody right but not everybody and nobody is like me and not everybody's like everybody right again but you're always gonna stick to around the people that are the same vibe that you put out we hang around with mostly people that train in martial arts, jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, whatever. Those are the people that we stick around. Mostly people that surf. Mostly people that listen to music or do this, that, and the other. Racist people are going to stick around and mostly racist people. And that's, their, that's to their detriment. Right. I, again, but that's not the majority. I don't believe that's the majority of people. I don't think it's a majority, but I think th- what happens is... When you have people that are so opinionated in one way and they're so hard-pressed on this single point and so many people agree and they push that same fact the same way, it's going to be a lot bigger than it is. And also, mind you, unfortunately, we're in a time where Everybody's got media over-sensationalize anything. I could sit there and smack you on the back and it'd be up on TMZ as like, you know man gets slapped or gets knocked out in the back of the head like it's yeah. it's the way that that we are we well, and the problem the problem stuff. with that is the so, like like we talked about before the podcast started i'm so out of the the social media loop right now for yeah. the last month i haven't i've barely gone on it yeah. and looked at it at all and it's but but it's because there's so much bullshit and people people are like People, things are taken as gospel because they heard it there. there there's people need forget. something, but people need something to hold on to. I, they, I, people I, need I, to define themselves, right? Somehow. But I, I forget what the, it's called. It some kind of effect or whatever. When the first thing you hear about an issue becomes the truth, and what you hold up up to it, right? So, like the whole you're just regurgitating a fact that you heard and you assume that it's right. True. But it's the first one. So, like, just just. Because we're on the on the issue is the uh, uh, in uh, Arkansas, what was it called, or St. Louis, or was it Missouri? The hands up, don't shoot. I think it was in. Uh, I think it was everywhere though. But hands up, don't but, shoot. But yeah. the, the the one that happened where they shot shot the, the the guy. Right. And he was and so, what happened was that hands up, don't shoot, became the mantra for this because supposedly that's what that guy said no no it wasn't what he said it was it was a group of people protesting the fact that their their community which again this would be like the black community felt that this is like they put their hands up supposedly so cops don't shoot because they feel that right this is or he didn't say it but my hands are up don't shoot my hands are up don't shoot right that's what was that was like that rumor, right? Boom, 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 boom. No investigation, just everybody ran with that. That was the first thing they heard, and that's what yeah. Got ran but that's with. gonna happen anyway. Like right. no, no, but yeah. it's because of social media. 
Everything everything catches yeah. fire now on social media. It's, Do you remember? Just, I, I agree that social media is the big part of it, but it, the fact is is that people are 